everyone, and welcome to the Contingency Plan Podcast. My name is Jedi Master David, and with me as always is Darth Austin. Hello, everyone. Well, it should be somewhat of a shorter episode because uh, we got all of our normal talking out before <laughs> before the episode started. So no not more two-hour two episodes for us. Yeah, we're not going to go on any obsessive conversations about things that have nothing to do with Star Wars. So anyway, let me go ahead and tell you about my week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So we are back again. Um, we are going to be running through season two of Resistance, the final season of Resistance, coincidentally enough. And uh, we'll talk about that, eh, I don't know, reasonably in depth, and then uh, talk about some of the stuff that's uh, that will be coming up uh, as we go along. Um, but yeah, we, we obviously already talked about it, but how's your week been going? Not too bad, not too bad. It's, it's finally getting nice out. I feel alive again. Hmm. Went on a couple of walks. It's been great. And, I don't know. I've, I tried a... Uh, an Oculus Quest game, finally. Mm. It's actually my first VR experience. It was the uh, Galaxy's Edge game. I played it for like 20 minutes, and I was pretty much done at that point, but it was kind of a cool experience. We got to, I got to do a little looting and tried a couple of blasters out and got completely disorientated and had no idea where I was. Did you eat a, <laughs> did you eat a Ronto wrap? I did not eat a Ronto wrap. Drink some blue milk smoothies or... No, I mean it's it says Galaxy's Edge, but it's not like I was in the park or anything. Dang it. it was Dang it was it. like this generic kind of almost like uh the planet that Grogu calls for Luke. Oh, His little mm-hmm. meditation rock kind of looked right, like that. Right. With a little more greenery in the background, but walking in those games is so weird. It's very awkward. <laughs> yeah. I you know, I haven't done anything with VR. I I when the quest came out, I considered it, and then I rapidly began to understand that, dude, you have like a PS4, you have a Switch, <laughs> you don't play them all that much anymore. So Except why are you Stardew thinking Valley. about? Well, yeah, I still <laughs> I still Stardew Valley at the end of a day, and you know, at the end of a long day of working and doing my job, <laughs> I sit down to a game where I do another. I live life. It's like job. It's like <laughs> life, the game, except mm-hmm. less career changes. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are pretty popular games now. I mean, you just have a checklist of chores and you feel really accomplished because you just can't do that in real life. Yeah. Because our generation sucks. No, I'm kidding. But like that and uh, Animal Crossing and those kind of games, I mean, they, they're a big deal for people. They put like four or 500 hours into those and they're super proud of it. And yeah. you probably put a thousand hours into Stardew Valley, right? Eh, not quite that much. I've only lived Nine. about two lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's not not that much. But I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just real simple. I, it, it does remind me of just a larger expanded um, game like we used to play on the Genesis, and it was it, yeah, I, all yeah. that I was going to talk to you about this. So here's something to talk about. I was watching a stream. <clears throat> from the uh, Djibouti dubs guys. And they did a stream where they watched old 90s video game commercials. Oh. And and it it was it was hilarious because uh, the the marketing back then 
was insane. Like you remember the old Sega commercials where like the uh, you know like the people at the end they they yell Sega and then their eyes would like yeah. pop out and the weird yeah. Joker smiles and stuff. Well, every single one of those commercials you ended them thinking, "Wow, that guy was on drugs." Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and do you remember we never we we had Sega Genesis, we didn't go Sega CD, we never had Sega Saturn because at that point we switched to PlayStation, but if you remember the Sega Saturn commercials, they used to have the like the blue dot and like a face with like spiked hair and stuff and like a paper yeah. clip through its nose. It would come out like Sega, you know. And it's like it was it was kind of a creepy thing. And you know, where do you think Sega went wrong? Because the Genesis was was the it was the greatest system, man. It was it. Listen, Super Nintendo, I had one. Sega Genesis clapped. The Super Nintendo. Yeah. And even yeah. to an extent, which I think technically maybe the 64 was... I know... I guess it's debatable. I think the 64 was more head-to-head more so with the PlayStation than it was the Genesis. Mm-hmm. But I think I think even the Genesis kind of went head-to-head with the 64 a little bit, despite being 64-bit versus 32-bit. Um, but the Genesis was so awesome... Sega CD was, yeah, but the Saturn, I remember, I remember the Saturn. Well, and then the, the Dreamcast, that wasn't, that was yeah. the other one, right? With yeah. that really weird controller. They just never could catch on to that next gen. Yeah. I mean, it's Genesis was literally the one hit wonder of gaming consoles. And it's such a shame because they had some of the best games and, I don't. I can't really pinpoint when they went wrong because, like you said, we really didn't continue to buy the consoles. I mean, we yeah. heard people's reviews, but we don't know how bad they really were. I mean, it could have just been volume. I think that marketing for Nintendo was probably a little bit better, and it was more appealing to parents. So, I mean, yeah. you, you see all these commercials for Sega, and you've got, you know crackhead bob talking about (laughs) sega maybe mom and dad don't want to buy that console for their kids whereas nintendo is family friendly and even the parents could kind of get into it which i mean even our dad played a ton of sega it was really easy to get into well and and i i I actually i do kind of wonder if it was more game related because and you kind of brought that sega did have all the all the killer games but Mm -hmm. i think when playstation really started to rule was you know like metal gear and like Crash Bandicoot, and yeah. I'm trying to think of some of the early games that were that were Genesis. Like I don't, or excuse me, PlayStation. I don't really re- well like Final Fantasy. I guess that whole, but yeah. they had cartridge Final Fantasies as well. Um, I I just I can't you remember. Had your, you had more mascots. I think was a thing. Like you had your Spyro, Spyro and Crash, yep. and uh, I mean there literally there was dozens and dozens of well-known mascots that i'm yeah. kind of drawing a blank now on the original playstation but and you had decent movie adaptation games back then like the phantom menace playstation yeah, one true, game was actually true. pretty cool pretty in-depth for a movie game what was that pod racing game that got re-released was that a ps1 game or was that a ps2 game i believe that was a ps2 game okay well I, i'm just saying that like the technology to for for the bigger games you know, I know a lot of people talk about the Saturn as like there are some people who have really fond memories of the Saturn. Yeah. Dreamcast, I I don't remember a ton of that, but I know that there were a lot of commercials 
I honestly think that by the time they did Dreamcast, because uh, did the did the cube the GameCube was that out around Dreamcast or was that later? I believe it was around the same time because okay. I kind of went head to head with the GameCube. I think never had a GameCube. We we never had a sixty four. Although I played sixty four, I had friends who had sixty four, yeah. but like. I don't know. PlayStation just always killed it. And I think it was just titles. Like, honestly, I think that they had titles. But then, like, the jump from PS1 to PS2, and even the jump from PS2 to PS3. Now, the jump from PS3 to PS4 was, I felt, I didn't feel that impact as much. But, like, the jump from PS1 to PS2 was such a jump, man. That was such a jump. Well, think about... Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. Playing yeah. top down GTA 1 and 2 compared to 3. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it I, was I, so jarring. And, I and had then the, you got... I, I was just going to say, I had the slim PS2 as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that was... Oh, it was so tiny and so good. Oh, so good. Yeah. And, <sighs> and they continued with your mascots. I mean... You went to like Jack and Daxter mm-hmm. and Sly yeah. Cooper and so many other Ratchet and Clank household brand. Yes, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, of course, God of War, things like that. Yeah. I mean, they just had so much more to choose from. Maybe, and, and truthfully, they've always had more to choose from than even like Xbox, because like Xbox had a few heavy hey, hitters. Halo. They had Gears of War and Halo yeah. and a few others, but like they had a more loyal fan base, but. PlayStation has volume. And I think we're kind of going back around to yeah. that. It's like there's nothing for Xbox anymore. Now PlayStation's killing it again. And I think their sales are quite a bit better. I don't really follow that anymore. But Yeah, I don't know what the sales of the PS5 were. I, I know that the PS5, I don't think either the, the PS5 or what's the new Xbox? Series X and S, I think. <laughs> The Xbox Series Xbox X Live Box Box Big Box S. Could Live you imagine X. if so when our parents were shopping around for game consoles, they had two versions at release? They'd be I like, want the oh, Xbox. This is bull crap. Which one? You know the the box, the new Xbox box. I mean, like it'd be the equivalent of the <laughs> Sega Genesis 32 bit oh, yeah. versus the Sega Genesis 36 bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but you know no, another I, commercial though. Do you remember the old original uh, Pokemon commercial, the Gen One Pokemon commercial? Okay, now <laughs> I watched one on this stream, so if it's the same one, I'm gonna say yes. What are it's you talking the about? The one bus. where they, yeah, they compacted yeah. the school bus. They were talking yeah. about that on the stream. It's like God, all these they just killed them. It's like they just <laughs> they murdered all everyone. these Pokemon. They just they squashed them into a game. No, no, they put them in the game and they're happy and. Still, those like, save files are still there, people. They, they killed the school children. Why? Why did you murder them all, bus driver? Because I wanted to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's actually funny bringing that up. It's the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. True. It just They just had their press release on that. And yep. looking back throughout the years and the, the weird games they're coming out with that I don't really care about this generation. Which so, I haven't for yeah, a few. So, so many weeb games. Um, but I did. But I did uh, get an emulator for my phone, so at work I could play oh, Pokemon Yellow again, which is painful. 
but there's a two times function, so I can move a little bit quicker than the speed of smell. It's awesome. Yeah. So <laughs> a, a few years ago, I bought um, what was the the Game Boy that flipped open like a clamshell phone? Was that the Advance? Like, the SP. SP. So I still have that, and I have I have red, blue, and yellow. I have the cartridges yeah. Uh, yeah. still, and I, I've turned that on a few times here and mm-hmm. there to to play a little bit. It's it's uh, it's a simple game, but it's it's yeah. fun. It's, it's satisfying. What was your favorite color, though? I think I probably put the most time into red. Yeah, red was sick. Charizard was sick. Yeah, you wasn't the best starter because you really got rocked on the first two gym bosses. But <laughs> no, you're fine with Mankey. <laughs> yeah, Mankey, yeah. Mankey took it or Nidoran. Double yeah, kick exactly. with Nidoran. Double kick, man. Double kick affects rocks. And I, and I yeah. used. Yeah, a little a little rodent that kicks a big rock snake is fine. It's Just quick attack him every fine. time, you know. Quick attack, quick attack, double kick, double kick. Yeah. But uh, no, I got into that, and obviously Gen Two. I think you played a little bit of Gen Two, but not as mm-hmm. much. I did. Never played Gen Two. Nope. Never got into Gen Two. Um, <sighs> Gen I, Two was pretty cool, though. And let know, me tell you why Gen Two was probably the most ample Pokemon game by far it was a new region with a hundred new pokemon but mm. when you beat the elite four you went back to the original region and then you got to battle really all the way from brock to giovanni again no i'm sorry gary becomes the new giovanni at that point and then you go through the elite four again really and then you play yourself from gen one and do you know what that per- that pokemon team is well, obviously, it's, I don't. <laughs> it's a, it's like a level ninety-ish Pikachu, all okay. mid nineties Charizard, Venusaur, and Blastoise, Sick. yeah, and Espeon, which just destroyed okay. you because Psychic was overpowered as yeah. crap, yeah, and a Snorlax that just body slammed the crap out of you, Sick. and they're all almost level one hundred. <laughs> Dang, I'm have you to... go up like this massive mountain, and you just you basically fight yourself. Yeah, I, I remember the first time like uh, going up against the the was it the elite four? elite four, yeah, and like God, because I mean the first run I didn't do like missing no stuff like infinite yeah. rare candies, and that was that was a tough. That was a mm-hmm. tough thing to it's figure that out. Extremely tough for me because you know what my first team was? I had a Charizard and a Nita King. That was it. <laughs> you just went with two. <laughs> the two that I started with were the only two I wanted. And then I had like a couple of throwaway Pokemon for all my HMs so I could <sighs> surf around and stuff. Oh, and waste, God. Waste yeah, a move what, on Cut. <laughs> yeah, what a terrible Cut. Cut honestly wasn't too bad. Surf was okay because it was a water move. But well, yeah, that was a strong move, especially if you had Blastoise. That destroyed. Yeah, yeah sur- Surf was okay. But stre- who used Strength? Who used... Yeah. What strength, was, strength was... What else stupid. was there? There was Flash, which was a... Flash was even move. stupider. I never used any of those, like, yeah. lower... Surf was it. Yeah, it was <laughs> lower your... You know, defense moves. I never use those. No, I just spam attack, the attacks. Attack, attack, attack. Yeah, flash which is not strategic stupid. at all. But at you know, half it's cool the time I got... just bumble around in the dark so I wouldn't have to use that. <laughs> but you know, it is cool what they did with that. We got the Let's Go Pikachu for Colin, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I played it right away because it's like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go through and relive my red days. They teach all those moves to Pikachu, and they don't affect his moveset. So you don't have to teach those moves and waste a moveset slot. It's just such a... That's such a... I have, you know how Pikachu flies me around? He's got a little bicycle with balloons on it. Oh my God. And I float around. You know, there is a, there's a YouTuber (laughs) out there that I watch called Nakey Jakey. And Mm -hmm. he does, he does these video essay type things on games. And it just, it brought to mind something about, he he was saying about like video game difficulty. And like one of his categories was, well, help me, mommy, it's too hard. You know, that sort of deal. (laughs) So it's like, that falls into that help me, mommy type of, you know, here, play this level for me. Of course, I can't say much. Uh, Kirby, the original Kirby's Dream Land on Game Boy. I had my sister beat the tree a few times for me because I could never beat the darn tree. I never figured out the mechanic of that until much later. The tree sucked and the water levels. Yeah. Well, that tree that tree levels. was very early on. It wasn't like yeah. It wasn't yeah. like a you know boss further on down the game. It was like you know that was a great game though. I, I Kirby, Kirby was a great game. There was what else did we play on the original Game Boy? Way too much. And Mario. There was the, one or two other ones. The Mario game we we ran through that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't remember. I mean, we had we had a good Game Boy collection. Oh yeah. As well, with our cool little plastic organizers that held like nine of them. We did. I actually, uh, <laughs> I still have one of those, um, one of those uh, plastic cases that I use as a mm-hmm. guitar pick case. It's in my, it's nice. in my one of my cases. It's a case within a case, but yeah, it holds a bunch of different picks for me. So, you know, that's something that kids today, kids today, will never get to appreciate is how much money and time we put into organizing our game collection for a long road trip. Well, we had a lot of different cases for our game boys throughout well the years. For, first we had two matching bags <laughs> yes and inside those bags contained our cd players well formerly tape players and then cd players and then our our book of cds <laughs> yeah and then our you know various burn, burn cds oh yeah we we're sure. not doing the legal stuff <laughs> Shh, don't tell but anyway, so yeah, and then all the very well CDs back then were like thirty dollars. It was ridiculous how much a well, CD would cost. But yeah, anyway, you could go to the library and take it home for free, and then burn it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then that feel was, wonderful that, about yourself because you're that was a pro entrepreneur. Oh, I thought money. it was great personally. But yeah, then all the games, and then you know our like first gen Game Boys. Yeah. Um, it and and like charging and the, stuff, extra batteries. Yeah. And the yep. ridiculous add-ons for it, like the little magnifying glass and the lights, speakers, the, little, the light, like yep. fold-out tanning thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, we did, we did a ton of, we did a ton of that kind of stuff, and I, I, I don't really remember getting like a backlit Game Boy. Yeah, you know, I know uh, you did, but then I, I at that I don't point, think, I was on, to, yeah. I was on to music, I was on to guitar, yeah. so I, I just, I don't stopped. think we. I don't think we ever even had like the Game Boy Color. Mm, I mean, you had something. You had more stuff than I did, but I I don't know about Game Boy Color, but I know you had another Game Boy because you continued to play the small cartridges. That was the Advance. Yeah. That was the SP. Yeah. I just remember my favorite thing in the collection was the large suitcase organizer for the old Game Boy that was a Game Boy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yes. It's like, you wonder what this is? You wonder what this is? What do you think this is? Hey, guys, look what I brought. Yeah. Well, eventually (laughs) you have to start talking Star Wars, but I will leave, I I want to leave this on, on the last note. Gaming companies are stupid. And you, and that's, that's exactly why that conversation is exactly why, because they don't sell accessories anymore. That's why yeah. a controller is like a hundred freaking dollars, because that's the only accessory that they, that you buy. You're not buying organized. Oh, it's all on my memory thing. I don't yeah. have to buy your stuff. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you want to push for digital? There's such a loss of revenue. I remember when we first got the switch, I went to GameStop like, all right, I'm going to spend like a hundred bucks on accessories. This is going to be awesome. Where are they? I've Where got a car charger that I probably don't need because the battery's ridiculous. Yep. And I think I've got like a couple of the plastic uh, wheels that you put the Joy Cons <laughs> in for Mario Kart, which were terrible. They That's don't funny. work at all. Yeah. That's the worst way to steer in Mario Kart. <laughs> now, the only thing I got is I got a like one of those stick on. Shatter glass protectors for the screen. Yeah, I got one and of those. And then uh, a, a, one of the memory cards, the larger memory yeah. cards. And guess what? I also have a ton of cartridges because I like having them. <laughs> I think yeah. it's hilarious that they literally are like little cartridges, you know, like the old days. You know? Right. Yeah, it's weird for me. I have a weird collection because I'll go by whatever ends up being on sale. So sometimes the online sales are great. So I have a few digital, but I still like owning a physical copy of it. No doubt. I like displaying my stuff. Yep, for sure. For all the people who are impressed by that. Yeah. So I, I did say this wasn't <laughs> going to be a two-hour episode, but we still wind up yakking about 20 minutes worth of extra That's why they're actually coming over here to it. listen to us. They're not really even <laughs> Star Wars fans. Yeah. They just well, are fans of us and our lives. Uh, I'm sure they are, man. <laughs> just waiting for those Disney checks in the mail. Yeah. So anyway, maybe if we talked about Star Wars more, we'd get Disney checks. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump into Resistance here. So, few. It's been what two weeks ago that we talked about Resistance season one. Seems like it's been longer, but yeah, maybe might have been. So we'll we say went, two weeks. Yeah, we went through season one. I don't remember what rating wise we gave the season, but I feel like it was was it not in amazing? The seven? What was it in the sevens or was it in the sixes or did we tank it? I think I was high six. Okay. Well, I forget. It it's not really relevant because we're moving on right. to season two, nineteen episodes. Mm-hmm. So fewer episodes here and same runtime. Yeah, basically, yeah, same runtime there and um another slow starting season. Yeah. For me. Another slow, slow starting season. Honestly. I mean it didn't really improve all that much. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't something I felt like I really wanted to binge either. I don't know no. what that means, but like, I'll, I mean, when Stranger Things comes out, I binge it. Oh, yeah. Granted, it's not that many episodes, but still. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel the need to binge this. I, I really set it out over a complete week, um, which well, made we me actually, forget things. We actually finished the last episode yeah. about a half hour before we started recording. So Correct. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So we're continuing with the Colossus as it had left its planet and discovered it had a hyperdrive, which they mm-hmm. should have known, which is hilarious. They didn't, I mean, come on, Dozer, let's get, get yeah. shake the lead out. So anyway, um, now I, I think the whole issue of them potentially thinking that they're lost is a little bit ridiculous 
And they, they do kind of gloss over that because that was something big in like the finale. It's like, oh, we don't know where we're going. Where are we going? doesn't really matter once we get into the season, does it? Because then they know no. where they're at. No. <laughs> they just get a little bit derailed. It's, it, it's yeah. a minor inconvenience. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's go ahead and just run through uh, episode by episode here. Talk a little bit about things. Um we have episode one, Into the Unknown, original air, run, original air date, October 6, 2019. This season wrapped up January 26, 2020. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's see here. I, I actually have to pull these. It's weird. I, I, I don't retain these very well. And I, I got to say, I'm not, I'm usually on the treadmill when I watch them or something like that, too. I'm usually doing something else. This show never really caught my full attention. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But the big thing about this particular episode is Kaz does send a message to Tam mm-hmm. to a, try and apologize for effectively his deception. But Tam is aboard First Order ship, and she is training to be a TIE pilot. So yeah. she is in with the First Order and, uh, you know... Basically completely ignores him. Yeah. Doesn't even finish a message. Yep, exactly. Uh, they do find that First Order astromech droid. <laughs> yeah. That was something, I guess. Very droid-heavy season, I felt like. Like... Just ball droids, mainly. Just like, yeah, oh, they do love the ball, ball droids. droids. Are so cool. Kids, <laughs> kids love the ball droids. Yeah, they love the ball droids. You know what? Coincidentally, let's put a hard stop here for a second. So, or a hard pause, I guess. We're not stopping. We're just pausing. Your boy liked the first season, right? He loves it in general, but yeah, he really liked the first season. You should you should have tried to have got got a rating out of him. I don't know if he really understands what we <laughs> talk about ratings. Did he right. like this season too? Did he watch it with you? He watched probably about half. Um, I asked him today. It's like, hey, we're finishing up. Do you want to watch it with me? He's he's off watching like YouTube streamers playing video games and stays like, nah, I'm good. So I feel like the rating would be pretty low for this season. Oh wow, okay, <laughs> but it, but the first so. season he did enjoy. Yes, yeah, because I, I think like I think again he's probably more in the target. Like target demographic. Like I think you oh, know, we're probably yeah, a little too definitely. old for this, maybe. Yeah. You you think we're too old? Are you sure? Too old am I? <laughs> you don't you don't think that this was curated old to for young us? eyes look I I don't remember what the <laughs> quote was. Something Yoda speak about being old. Anyway. Okay, well, that's good to know. It's good to know that we've got a we've got a zoomer around there that was like, Yeah, yeah this season's a little bit meh. Yeah. All right. It's not just us. <laughs> We're not old grouches yet. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else about episode one? Good to roll in episode two? Totally good to roll. Yeah. Okay. Roll like a ball droid. I, again, I feel like it's it, it's really, the, well, until we hit about 20, episode 10, that's yeah, when it starts rolling It's just rolling 24 again. minutes of filler the first half of the season. Ultimately. Kind of, yeah. So, then we get into episode two, a quick salvage run. Tam does listen to Kaz's message. Uh, Rucklin, who has also joined mm-hmm. the First Order, was there. And, Which is not surprising at all. <laughs> uh, true. And uh, 
Tam does wind up turning over her communicator to Agent Tyranny. Mm-hmm. Um, Which gets her in her good graces but correct. throughout the rest of the series. Yeah, and she does... Well, we'll get to it a little bit. Let, let's continue just with this uh, particular episode. Uh, they do... The Colossus does arrive at Dakar where they were attempting to go, so they weren't lost mm-hmm. very long. The resistance base was destroyed. Um coaxium was depleted we're hitting that hard again yeah yeah and this is when we find one of the first order dreadnoughts and they are going to steal fuel from that ship um we do have another conference there's a lot of confrontations with the with the first order they do arrive the aces defend the the colossus they get the coaxium shields failing jump to hyperspace like this yeah. is this seems like this episode is actually a fairly uh, descriptive sort of format of how a lot of episodes go where yes. they're somewhere they need something they get it the first order arrives they fight for a little while they jump to hyperspace shields at five percent jump to hyperspace yeah <laughs> there it, was it, it does it seem like that's like a lot every single episode there was a jump to hyperspace yeah they kind of overused that a little bit just a little bit especially with the first order being able to track that now. Like, well, they don't really, they don't really go into that here. Because obviously that was, yeah, that was a thing in The Last Jedi. Right. Following them through space. The the weird space race where you can't quite shoot them because they're just out of range. Right. Even though energy can go pretty much forever. It just doesn't explode like a, like a proximity or anything. It just could keep going forever. And if you calculated the trajectory properly and, you know, raised your glasses up just a little bit, you could probably, anyway, whatever. So. And they actually had the potential to do that because this is set after last Jedi at some point in the series, because we do get Supreme leader Kylo Ren yeah, it it is interwe it's interwove. Obviously it's after Force Awakens because the events of Force Awakens were in season one. So we right. do kind of weave this in between The Last Jedi and um well, technically it's just The Last Jedi because we don't really yeah. get anything yeah. from Rise, which you know, that's that's that. Leading so, up to Rise, this yeah, basically was over up. already, so makes sense. True, true, true. All right, let's go to episode three called Live Fire. Um, this is, uh, the training mission. They yeah. find that, that planet with like the flying manta rays and Yeager's trying to train them to be a little bit tighter as a, mm-hmm. as a unit, you know, Kaz is trying to sort of help them too. Cause again, it's really easy to forget that Kaz did make it through, you know, the actual Academy, like the Republic Naval Academy. And yeah. He's, and he's actually he's, competent in something. <laughs> yeah, well, which which actually kind of irritates me because they would have they would have taught them how to do some basic maintenance on ships. So he can't be so right. inept. But but on top of that, nah, I don't know. I don't really need to go any further with that. I just maybe it's just too much reliance on the astromechs that they teach him or something. But I I just I think that that's really overshadowed a lot. That he actually did graduate. He he was a pilot. I mean, yeah. he was a pilot yeah. for the for the Republic. So, um, and then of course we we get you know some pushback from um, hype. Yeah, hype uh, phase on. Is it phase on? I think it's phase on. Yeah, it's literally yeah. 
the actor's last name just spelled. Yeah, I know. I just noticed that today. That was kind of lazy, but awesome at the same time. (laughs) Well, we do get the first sort of run where the aces don't work well together. And then this is also, no, this isn't the pirate. That's the next one. So anyway, they do, you know, oh yeah, they blah, blah, blah. They get together. The aces welcome Kaz with open arms. So he's he's an ace now. Catastrophe. Yeah, yeah, sort yeah, yeah. Of. They continue to say Although that. we're going to keep calling him that. <laughs> yes. And then on the other side, we see Tam uh, training as a TIE pilot, and she saves mm-hmm. Ruckland, uh, which, which was actually draws. Well received. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first order is like if they're weak, they're dead. Don't yeah. save weak people. And, you know, Ruckland, we'll, we'll have to talk about him a little bit later on, but like Ruckland is the quintessential like dummy. Like yeah. he he never, yeah. I don't know. He's 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 just easily manipulable. Not a very good person. Not a very good character either. But I mean, he serves a purpose. So that's pretty much uh, three kind of a training mission. Um, episode four hunt on uh, seltzer three. Seltzer water. <laughs> three uh, glasses of seltzer water. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> put some vitamin C in there. Boost your immune system. All that good stuff, it's fun. And this is where we start to get a little bit more of our pilots, uh, Kragen's pirates, and their stupid sail ship barge thing that has sails. Come on. The sails are so epic. It it doesn't make any sense in the grand scheme of, like, travel, because they're not doing anything. It's, It's just because of the age range. They're like, oh, we want to... We want to emphasize that they're pirates. They're pirates. So here you go. Even well, though that's you, not the type of pirate they are. But okay. You had, um, oh, which one of those? Was, I think it might have been episode two where Dooku, remember Dooku's like ship with the like the solar sail type things? Yeah. I mean, that, that had purpose. I mean, I, I get that, but like these are just like, it's just more for looks and granted they, they mad max a lot of stuff and they're mismatched armor and all that. So I get mm-hmm. it, but it, it's, it's dumb. It doesn't do anything. I understand the point, but I don't like the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Cragen is, uh, basically saying he's going to bring in this man array, uh, yeah. which I want to ask you a little bit of a morality question. The Colossus is running low on food. So do you think it's cool to just go kill this manta ray on its own planet, minding its own business? From a morality standpoint, no, it's not. I mean, but that also brings up a lot of questions of ethics. Like, well, is it intelligent? Is it just... Right. Like, essentially like a animal, or is it actually intelligent? Which, when you get into the bigger creatures of... Star Wars, you always have to question that. I mean, like when you get into your your dragons, like in uh, upcoming episodes, like, well, did, are they sentient? Space Is it really whales. okay for us to just completely, yeah, space whales? Mm-hmm. Um, and at what point do you just pick a planet that's inhabited so you can, like, barter and trade? Like, why are you... You're being caught regardless, so why don't you go to a planet with a commerce system and actually just resupply? Because yeah, you probably have you probably have credit. It's not like you're broke. 
You wouldn't think so. Yeah, I, I, I found that sort of something I was thinking about because, like, and I understand they, the the need for food, and I, I'm not I'm not ethically opposed to hunting. I'm just not. Yeah. Sorry if you are. I mean, I understand the I understand the argument, but I'm I'm not. Um, That's even brought up in a future episode a little bit later in the season. They come across this uh, water planet, and oh, like, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we can fish this for years and be fine and just completely obliterate these aquaculture farms and yeah. 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 It's like or you could just go get jobs and you know well, actually but like they are kind of on the run. I mean, I I sort of understand They're on the run, but like if they actually scattered and just like kind of broke up the colossus, they would no longer be on the run. They could all just kind of dissipate into yeah. the galaxy and be fine. And like, at what point is it not worth holding together this ship when you're not resistance? You didn't sign up for this. You're you say you're family, but yeah, yeah. But for a lot of people, like the Colossus, literally was home, and you fight yeah. for home. And I, I mean, I understand both sides of it, but no, I just, I just found it a little interesting because, like, again, it's it's a huge creature. You're kind of intruding on its planet. Yeah, you need food. Maybe if you're desperate enough, okay. But anyway, the pirates aren't able to get the job done. They oh, severely no, they underestimated get obliterated. it. <laughs> uh, however, uh, Kaz was able to, um, you know, uh, what was the weapon? It was something that Tam was working like on, a ra- wasn't it? Like a rail gun, basically. Yeah. And they were able to bring it down, and they cook it up, and everybody's happy. Which, coincidentally, how long what do you think that thing What are the logistics for cutting... Logistically, how are you carving into that thing when blaster fire doesn't pierce its armor? What do you have to cut that up? <laughs> From the inside out, man. Just crawl in. Same with the crate dragon, though, like on Mandalorian. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's got to be one tough piece of meat. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, oh, we also get the pirates, like, because the pirates, like, basically marooned. Was it they marooned Kaz and was it Kaz and Tora? Yeah, I think we did and, get a lot of Tora's we, we did get pet. a lot more Tora in the yes. early early parts of the season, which I thought was I thought was good. You know, she's definitely out there doing doing more, which is cool. Which does unfortunately kind of fizzle out in the last few episodes. But it does. Yeah. I noticed. I noticed that too. We'll talk about it as we get there. But anyway, they need food. They get food, and then you know. Everybody's everybody's happy. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, here it was. So Bungle, her uh, her little <laughs> yeah weird pet thing. Because uh, yeah, it stowed away. It stowed away in um, Kaz's ship and was like you know jumping around on him. Yeah, and he was bait. It was awesome. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> All right, next episode, uh, the engineer episode five, the engineer. Uh, this was. I actually do kind of remember this one a little bit. So we had um, Nick Toe, another Nick Toe engineer named Nina. And she befriends Niku, and they have a good and happy time fixing things all over the ship. But unfortunately, we find out that she's actually a First Order plant. Mm-hmm. And she is intending to sell information in the First Order. Yeah, and also uh, sabotage the ship. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they su- they sabotage. Through ironically, the is through actually fixing it, it's sabotage because of power consumption. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, it's it's kind of a commentary on on Niku's naivety and his misunder- mm-hmm. fundamental misunderstanding of how things work. Right. Um, how people work and so Which forth. Which happens multiple times in this season. It's kind of hammered on a bit. He does get one redeeming moment, but again, that's a little later yeah. on. Um, however, we... Again, there's not much I need to talk about here. We, we basically... We have the setup. Niku does kind of, you know, confront her towards the end. And, you know, she she's obviously not a killer, necessarily. Right. Um, she's just good. Pick the winning side. Yeah, for sure. But we do get at the end where Agent Tierney and Pyre uh, basically are like, if we ever meet her again, we're executing her because she failed. So, I mean, her life's pretty much in danger, but uh, we don't see her again. So, doesn't matter. So long, (laughs) the engineer. Have a good one. Episode six. (laughs) From beneath. (laughs) Yeah, from from beneath. um, Again, short on fuel. Uh, this Different is kind we, of fuel, apparently, this time. Yeah, whatever. It's dumb. <laughs> so we go to Flix's homeworld, uh, Dragor 3. I kind of like this episode a little bit, honestly. It was interesting. I mean, uh, yeah. Flix and, and Orca, uh, well, they had the like the supply depot within the Colossus, but uh, they really became nobodies this right. season. They were very interesting in the first season, but they only popped up. Flix is Flix is one of my favorite characters, actually. Yeah, I don't know I mean, why. He, he is I just interesting. Like he he is definitely an interesting character. Um, oh, you know what? I forgot to send this to you. I figured out who I was um, thinking. Oh, the comedian him. James really? Hong. The guy's name is James Hong. He um, he uh, did. Oh, what was the character's name? Oh, as Morgan from Rebels, the red, oh. big red dude. He's, okay. he's done a lot of voice work and obviously a lot of acting, but that's who I thought voiced okay. uh, Flicks, but incorrect. <laughs> Not that guy. <laughs> so that's who it was. Now now all of you who are waiting on bated breath for me to figure that out, yes. you now know that I figured it out. And now everyone hits exit. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're done. done with this video. Good. <laughs> So basically, Flix's planet, his people are miners. Um, yeah. These are his cousins from his uh, flock, so to speak. And they, they don't mi- like him too much. Well, this is, this is <laughs> kind of like a Lord of the Rings, like a dwarves thing. It's like, they dug too greedily and too deep and awoken something they did not expect. <laughs> I mean... No, not, not not that thing. It's just a Karnak's dragon. You yeah, shall not pass. <laughs> yeah, the dragons. The weird, weird-looking dragons. Is that like a commentary on how, like, birds evolve from dinosaurs? Like, was this, this what Flix would have looked like, like, a million <laughs> years ago or something? See? See, that's how it happens. Birds that's come from my those great, things. Great, 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 great grandpappy. I mean, he gonna yeah. eat me. <laughs> he used to be cool and flew around and like he was a dragon. I don't know. Um. Yeah, but I mean, they basically again, it's just 
it's kind of a whole lesson learned. We're encroaching on the dragon's habitat by deep core drilling. We're not going to do that anymore. We've seen that in Rebels. If you remember with those also semi-manta ray looking you know, things that suck the fuel from that one. Oh, plan. yeah. I don't remember the episode anymore, but... Anyway, I, I just, you know... Just animal commentary from Disney again. <laughs> there, There is a lot of that, though. I mean, I... Whatever. It's fine. I I mean, I get the point. Don't, don't drill too greedily too deep. You know yeah. what I mean? So, greed has its problems, and its problem is a dragon. Sure. Greed becomes a dragon, and it devours you. Episode 7. The Relic Relic, Raiders. Yeah, the Relic Raiders. I think you said that this one was one you really enjoyed, right? Yeah. Yeah, especially early on. I didn't have much to really enjoy early on, so I really appreciated this episode. Yes. So we get... um, we get our aces going to what was the planet here? Some trashes. Ray, yeah, re. Yeah, to a trading outpost, gather supplies. Um, they find the Sith temple. Yeah. So th- this has been very you know grounded in just regular people. Mm-hmm. But as you know, we always have to have some sort of force stuff. And here we go, a Sith temple. Yeah. That we didn't learn too much about, really. No, like nothing at all. (laughs) Yeah, and what was our friend's name that we meet in this episode? Mika Gray. Mm -hmm. So Mika Gray is an archaeologist who wants to prevent the First Order from getting Sith relics. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you should have, uh, you know, just kind of... Hid Palpatine instead feels like that would have been more important than this relic, but okay. Well, what does the relic do? We never figured out what it does or what's the significance it's, it, of the temple. Or I mean, from what we get in this, it's just a little energy bomb. Yeah, <laughs> That's well, we, really we don't get. even know who Mika Gray is. No. Like, we never really She's, figure out who she is, like her background at all. She only really just, comes up in one other episode for, for any length of time. I mean, she's elsewhere, but really for she's like... Just a, she just ends up being a fortune teller. Yeah. And it's super disappointing. It's like you have this kind of relationship with her and Ayla, the force sensitive of the group, but it just fizzles out and it doesn't really become anything, yeah. which is disappointing because Ayla was actually an interesting character as well. And I really wish they would have fleshed that out a little bit at least. And I, I think but, that's I think that that's just a problem with a lot of television now. They don't flesh stuff out. Which coincidentally, thank you for sort of correcting me there without saying it. We did learn what the relic can do. It unleashes an energy wave that like vaporizes people. But right. um, we don't. But is that all it does? Who created it? Why was it created? Uh, well, I mean, they're Sith, whatever. But you could probably make that argument of most Sith relics if they're imbued with that much power. When you destroy them, it's going to release that power. So I mean, it might maybe, not be yeah. something specific to that relic. It might just be something that happens. Yeah. And then you mentioned, but, well, it's it's Kel and, and uh, what, what is her name? Ayla? Ayla. Ayla, yeah. is that how it's pronounced? Ayla, something like that. It's E-I-L-A. Yeah. So Kel and Ayla are just like, 
they're just such throwaway characters for this series. They but they really you know, are. We they, we had our one episode in the first season. We saw them periodically. If you went down to the turtle engineering, which we don't even see the turtles, do we? I, mean, I think we do, but we don't we see, see them the very turtles often. when they're attacked near the end, and that's it. It's so weird. But anyway, well, you see them in episode one because they're hiding from the true. little ball droid. But that's yeah, about true, it. true, true. But the thing is, is like Ayla is obviously force sensitive. She has yeah. visions, but we just don't. And they've been through some messed up stuff too. Yeah. I mean, they're compelling characters. We don't have many in this show, Tora, and these kids are kind of all we have and they just completely get swept under the rug it's just really disappointing yeah i mean we only learned that their planet was attacked by kylo ren and his troops and basically everyone was killed but we don't we don't really get anything from them which i I just i find a little disappointing but again kids show it you know it's It's not gonna hold their attention small small run time but i think you could fit it in i think you could fit it in and Um, that's actually something that happens a lot with this more I still kind of struggle with the genre of this. It's kind of anime-ish, like Western anime-ish. And yeah. it's something you run into with that, which is why I just kind of got bored with anime, is you don't flesh out characters enough because you don't give enough time to do it. You have yeah. a few characters that are really fleshed out. You don't usually end up thinking they're that great because they're blundering idiots like Kaz. And it's just... It's a frustrating way to tell stories, in my opinion. Yeah, once we run through the episodes here, we'll talk a little bit more about personal traits and so forth. Let, let's mm-hmm. let's save that till the end. But let's go on to episode eight, Rendezvous Point. Um, this is where we learn more about Captain Doza's wife, obviously Tora's mother, uh, Venice Doza, who is a resistance pilot, who is a thorough BA. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, man... There's one part much later on where she gives kind of a boring spark that lights the fire speech, mm. but I feel like that's a character that I want to learn more about. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's, and, and she, I will tell you this too. There are parallels that are drawn in this episode that are very deliberate Easter eggs. And I think, I think that her, her, uh, uh, Venice, uh, Doza, is kind of a representation of, um, oh, no, oh, no, the name was in my head, now it's gone, from Aftermath. <sighs> Who was our main pilot from Aftermath? Uh, I'm looking it up because that bothers me. I, I, the name was there, and then it's gone. Um, I've got to find her name. The The mother? Yeah. Uh, that bothers me. <laughs> Dang it. Give it to me. Nora Wexley. Yeah. So she's kind of like a similar Nora Wexley-ish character, obviously mm-hmm. in different times because Nora fought the Empire and um, Doza here is fighting the First Order, but their mothers who had to leave their husband, their family. I mean, obviously Nora's husband was taken, but had to leave their kid, their their young kid, to fight for what they believed in. Yeah, it's funny to think about the difference between Tora and Snap. I mean, like, Snap was kind of a baby about it, which, I mean, a lot of people would be. And well, Tora's Snap, just... Snap didn't have his father. True, very true. So he was he, he, he was kind of a... Lo- he had the aunt, but that's not the same. At least with Tora, 
she had her father. So, I, I, yeah. I, but I'm with you there. I, I get it. I get the the analogy, but I kind of think it's a little a little different. Yeah, it's just hard to compare it to anything else, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because her and Tam almost feel more like the main characters in this story if it was fleshed out more. Because, mm-hmm. like, Tam's redemption, to me, is kind of cooler than anything that Kaz does. And Doza's just so awesome, and she kind of sparked that in Tam. Yeah. So I just feel like they were more... They had better potential to be main characters to me. I think I would have had a much more interesting run with this if she had been the spy. Sure. So. Yeah, but I, I just, I can't say enough about about Dozy here because I, I just, I thought, I thought she was great and I, yeah, you know, give Rangers. Wish there the, was more. Give <laughs> that Rangers show like to somebody like this, yeah. you know, or Hera. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, I don't care if it's a man or if it's a woman or whatever. Give me a good character. Like, mm-hmm. Give me a good character that I can sink my teeth into that I just, I believe in. And to be honest with you, and we've had this discussion so many times, and I said we would hold it to the end, but like Kaz continues to be this bumbling idiot. And yeah. I don't care enough about him. I, I do, but only in small doses when he starts to realize the scope of what's going on. That happens but then later he forgets in the season. It again. Yeah, so I feel like yeah, he kind of yeah. gets it and loses it, gets it and loses it. And you can kind of tell just his demeanor and how he interacts with people. Yeah. And he's not goofy, he's focused. There are moments where he's if he had true character development, which literally he doesn't develop at all as a character, in my opinion. It's maybe very a little slow. bit of courage. A little bit of courage. Sure. I I, I I I will say, just to hold real quick, I will say the final couple episodes of this season show me what he should be, but I'm with you up until the final yeah. like quarter of the season. I, I enjoy very gradual character progression. That's consistent over this massive jump yeah. in a five minute span from one event. I feel like that's such a better way to tell a story and to develop a character. And, I think that is the main reason I don't enjoy this show as much as Rebels or yeah. Clone Wars because think about Ezra yeah. and think about Ahsoka and then compare them to Kaz, and that is why I don't enjoy the show as much. Yeah, I get you it. You have two BAs, and then you have Kaz. No, I'm, Ahsoka I'm was a literal child who you see her grow through like a eight- or nine-year period and become this strong, independent woman. You have Kaz, you have Kaz, who's just kind of a kid in the beginning and in the end. And then you have Ezra. Yeah. Ezra's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. So it's just, again, it's a different audience. I, 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 th- I think that. it's, you know, again, it's it's a different tone for the show. We have to keep that in mind. But, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Let, let's kind of continue here because we do get – we get Tam realizing who this resistance pilot is. They have, you know, kind of a talk as as Venice is, is escaping. Mm-hmm. And she even, like, kind of, it's like, y- you can come with me. We can get you out of here, which right. would be a fancy trick, seeing as she's only in an X-Wing, but whatever. I mean, two people in that little single cockpit, real fun ride back home. Hey, you never know. You got, you got... 
dual seat ties, so why can't you have... Yeah, it's not in that (laughs) X-Wing. But, you know, at the end, she understands that Tam's not ready to leave. Mm -hmm. And she kind of, like... It's a very motherly thing, I guess, when you realize that you can't make somebody do something. But you try and plant the seed of knowledge into them to say... Spark. No. (laughs) It's a seed. Because seeds grow, sparks die out. Very true. I'm telling you, I hate that spark stuff now. I it, it yeah. This this maybe maybe just call me grumpy old guy, but like the spark that lit the fire that lights our hearts and plants the spirit bomb in Kylo Ren's butt. I don't care about your spark. Okay, like please stop using buzzwords. I have to that, hear about them so much at work. I work in the business world. All I hear are buzzwords. Sorry. But that is a good point because I mean, think about fire. You, you ignite a fire, it destroys everything around, and then you have nothing at the end to rebuild to pick up the pieces. And yeah. that's kind of how the rebels ended up, and that's probably how the resistance is going to end up. Hey, you know if what? We actually cool? jumped ahead. You know what's pretty cool? Hmm. A forest tree. A forest tree. Just plant, just plant the seed of the forest tree instead well, of trying to kind spark of, it and burn it down. I mean, they they all say, "May the force be with you." Isn't that the same thing? Sorry, yeah, that, that's just that's that's like such a <laughs> random tangent. But like, I hate being preached to. I understand you're trying to get your point home. Like, it was the same thing because we had talked a little bit before this episode about Black Spire. which was a good book, but I could not remember certain parts of it. But the thing that we constantly remember and we make jokes about are those darn Ronto raps because they, they, the writer and, and that was Delilah Dawson, right? Yes. Okay. I love descriptors. I'm a Tolkien Uh guy. I love descriptors, but I, I also see when descriptors are there for a point. Black Spire is a great story, but Black Spire was also to set up Galaxy's Edge, which yep. is a park where you buy food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, those juicy <laughs> Ronto wraps. Oh, just slow. And drinks. Slow. They talked about drinks quite a yeah. bit, too. Slow It's like you can only describe se- a drink so much. <laughs> right. You know, just slow seared over an old pod racer engine. And then out of nowhere, you read that book, and then you go to a store, and you see the Galaxy's Edge cookbook, and then it all just hits you like, oh, you know what? SOBs. Is there a Galaxy's Edge cookbook? <laughs> yes, there I'm not is. Gonna lie. You can make you can make Ronto wraps. That would be kind of funny if we did that for like a Patreon thing or something like that. Just like cooked up. Hey, a, I'd like a to Ronto do that. wrap. But I'd like to know what meat <laughs> is used in a Ronto wrap. Ronto. <laughs> I mean, for us. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I get it. Anyway, let's 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 sort of get back on track, but. But anyway, I, I just, you know, th- this episode actually was, was interesting to me. Yeah. Um, again, you're, you're getting a family that is somewhat torn apart because their mother's not there. And, and this is Tora's right. birthday. So the whole thing is One they have... One time a year that she actually comes and visits. And Good that's deal. the point. Yeah, that's the point of the signal beacon so that they could have these meetups. But the First Order comes in and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then we have this whole thing with 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 Tam and Venice, and I really thought this was great because again, like Venice is not trying to be overbearing; she's trying to give mm-hmm. her the facts. 
you you have to make your decision, but I'm getting the heck out of here. And she does. Right. And, you know, she outsmarts an entire ship full of First Order operatives and, and stuff, yeah, which by is the crazy. Way, she has an awesome astromech, I think. Uh, torch? Torch. Torch. Yeah. He's got like a see-through head. Yeah, interesting it's, it's droid. Kind of cool. Um, yeah, very interesting astromech. I, you know what? I love the classic astromechs. Like the balls yeah. are fine, but like, I, just give me an R two unit. Just give me one of those guys. Good old bucket. Those are sick. Good old bucket. No buckets. <laughs> bucket. It that's is. another character we don't see a ton of bucket. No. You actually. The only thing that's really memorable is later on in the series, Torch and Bucket kind of hang out for a minute. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. funny, but like. That was funny, yeah. And for some reason, I don't know why, but when you saw both of them, you see Bucket, he's like, you know, the thing that's most stupid about Bucket, you can see his middle foot. Yeah. When it's completely retracted, and I just think that's the most stupid looking thing ever. Like, come third, on, dude, cover leg. Up. Yeah. It's <laughs> what pants are for. <laughs> Put some you, pants on Bucket, come on. Bucket's a nudist, man. We just have yeah. to come to terms. He's a nudist. He just rolls up on Torch, which is all obviously a female astromech. Like, hey, baby, I haven't That's seen you for a year. God. What's up? Oh, my God. <laughs> put some pants on. <laughs> naked? Dear me. Old C-3PO being naked back in episode one. <laughs> naked? Anyway, let's let's continue on. That actually, I, I did. I'd like that episode. I thought yeah. that that episode was good. You see the conflict with Tam, but she's just not ready to to leave yet. Right now, let's go to the Vox Vortex Five Thousand Episode Nine. Yeah, where we meet Frankie the Hut. I hate this episode. <laughs> Do you hate this episode? I hate this episode. So I know, I know, I know that it's a, like we all hear Frankie. It's actually Vranky, like with a V. Yeah. V R A N K I. I I just, I heard Frankie, so I I'm did. just thinking Frankie the Hut's fine. It's not really good anyway. Yeah, uh, the, the casino, and we get another call back to Canto Bite. Oh, they even yeah. Nobody's really Canto here. Bite. They're all just going to Canto Bite, which is our favorite place in yeah the world, right? and let's never bring it up again yeah. <laughs> well apparently uh hype used to race for frankie i'm mm -hmm. still calling him frankie by the way not frankie anyway um however frankie has basically got these racing droids and a really you know messed up course that he can control and he winds up making a bet with uh with hype because they need credits now not food yeah. or anything else. Now they need credit. It's always something that they need. Well, we need food. We kill a giant manta ray. We need credits. We literally lobby our entire thing. We need this. We need that. It's like fetch quest season. Why did we need credits? To buy things that we so we don't kill off Hold a on. bunch of stuff. Hold on. I'll tell you why we need credits. <laughs> it's because Mama Z literally is holding the entirety of the Colossus Wealth because everyone spent all their money on drinks there. And she will not help. Is this is this Mama like, Z is evil. Is this like uh <laughs> is this like the Colossus stimulus package? Like <laughs> we have to stimulate our economy of like twenty people in here, so we must get more credits to inject into the economy so they can buy stuff from Mount Z. Right. And by <sighs> the way, 
don't know why, but the little like drunkard character is so funny to me. Cause, oh, like, in the casino? Z- no, no, in the Colossus. Oh, He's okay. that older guy that's always drinking yeah, it's gotcha. like aunt z starts running out of drinks and he's like no i'm gonna die <laughs> yeah well, he might so anyway this is a racers episode and and essentially hype loses to the droid due to some dirty maneuvers and then each subsequent pilot loses uh due to oh, varying other stuff there's background stuff going on because Niku's playing not. a video game. He's it, playing a video game. Hold on. It the didn't video matter. game is important. No, it didn't, and it was so stupid to me, and this is probably why I hated it the most. You know what bothered me? When he said, I've been playing this game, and it's the exact same course layout, <laughs> yeah. and you're watching the game. It's just... It's... Yeah, Two-dimensional, you're going back and forth. There are no curves like the course. There's nothing at all. How is this the same layout of the course? Please explain to me, well, Niku, because yeah, you're not play, making it, sense. It played the same loop, like three-second loop over and over right. again. He kept right. hitting that one that one asteroid like a thousand yeah. times. Yeah, it was yeah. dumb. Yeah, yeah, Niku was like, I bet I can figure out what the droids are doing, but he never does. They're he programmed actually programmed in from the game. It's it, the same logic chip or something stupid like that. It's like, but, but it, it doesn't didn't work. It, his help doesn't really help. It's no. honestly just Kaz and Tora just being better pilots. And then they even introduce, like at the end, this little moment of panic because, oh no, Niku lost his iPad. Now he can't help. Wait a minute. He wasn't helping to begin with. <laughs> yeah, you lost. I mean, you lost several times. Yeah. You, all the pilots lost. Yeah. Ugh. I hate it. I well, hate it. Uh, okay, I hate okay. Let's give him some credit <laughs> because he did what he should have done, and he shut down the... Um, the turrets. The turrets the on ring. the last yeah, ring. Yeah. So that's all he did. He just hacked the system. But and he by didn't the way, he could have done that earlier on, and the, the former TIE pilot... Yeah. Would have won. Griff. Yeah, he would have won. <laughs> I like Griff. We're going to talk more about Griff later, and unfortunately, yeah. he's kind of the only one I, whose name I remember aside from hype. Uh, Freya, because I remember the Nordic thing, and then um, I don't remember the other one. I can't yeah. remember. The Kit Fisto. Is it Kit yeah. Fisto? Is that the race that he is? Uh, kind of. Is that yeah, the species, I think? So, I think. Well, so yeah. his new name is Kit Fisto. All right, no, let's... No, hold on. It's Plo Kloon. Plo Koon. No, yet. yeah, maybe sure. Yes, because yeah. he's got like correct. the weird mask. You know what? I yeah. hate names. We I should know. just get rid of all names, so I don't have to forget that. Wouldn't that be often. easier? <laughs> yeah, I instantly knew who you were talking about, but yeah, names yeah. come and go. So yeah, the the Vox Vortex five hundred uh, was just a racy thing with a hut. I'm moving on. Let's go to episode ten. And they make 10. a ton of money, and woo, we're done. True. <laughs> yep, they get those fifty thousand credits. Away we go. Oh, and here's another great episode. Yeah, ep- episode ten, <laughs> Kaz's curse. Um, this, I'll this be one, honest. I I watched like half of this, like it, on and yeah. off, and I just didn't care at all. The second I realized the premise, I was done. <laughs> yeah, it was dumb. Basically, Kaz is like wiping clean a couple of pirates from all their credits, and he's got a giant shoe full of credits. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the pirates curses him. And uh, then things start to go wrong because he's a pilot and pilots can be superstitious and he doesn't have his racing trophy anymore, but he does at the end of the series again. So what happened? But whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, So yeah, he goes to Mika. Oh yeah, Mika, you remember her? She was pretty sweet archaeologist. Well, now she's just... 
Yeah, she's just shamming people like Miss Cleo on the promenade here. Uh, yeah, That's you're... not how this works. <laughs> it was stupid. I, I, I mean... It's I like get a you... terrible version of Vikings the Seer. Yeah. It's just bad. It's I mean, I get bad. trying to hustle, make a buck, but or make a credit, yeah. but still, it was dumb. 50 credits. Yeah. 50 credits. Well, she takes all of Cass's credits, aside from one that he puts back in his <laughs> yeah. pocket. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, it was nothing. It was nothing. It was Kaz just being superstitious. Uh, he doesn't need the charm. He can do whatever he wants. He shoots down. Oh, this was the Guavian Death Gang. Yes, we get the Death Gang again. Yeah. I don't like the Death Gang. Well, I'm they're glad nothing. this is the only other one. Yeah. They don't, they don't do anything. So, anyway, uh, everything's super cool, and then he realizes he's not cursed, and, you know, and then he, like, you know, hey, oh, blah, 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 blah. So it was done. I mean, Nico's really annoying during this too because he's obsessed with the curse. Yeah, yeah. Nico hypes hypes the curse, but I mean, it it does it does highlight things like, yeah. If you ever play baseball, baseball players can be very suspicious people. You know, wearing Mm -hmm. your hat a certain way, Um, same bat every time, certain little actions before. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of the Kevin Costner movie with um, the dude from Shawshank. God, I love that movie too, and I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> anyway, uh, wow, why? Gosh, I can't. Uh, maybe I need another cup of coffee or something. Um, Didn't I'm you just make a cup of coffee? I drank it too. Because <sighs> Kevin Costner's done a couple of baseball movies. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Oh, Bull Durham. I love Bull Durham. I don't know if I've watched that. You should, if you haven't already. Bull, uh, Susan Sarandon and who was the other guy? I had never... Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, he was in Shawshank. So anyway, mm-hmm. Tim Robbins' character, he's his pitcher, and Kevin Costner is like teaching him how to be a big leaguer, basically, but he'll never make it because he's just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have this one part where Susan Sarandon's also trying to help, and she tells him to wear a garter belt while he pitches mm-hmm. and and breathe through his eyes like a rock lizard. It's funny how I remember little <laughs> details like that, but I can't remember the name of the actors. Hopefully, Dementia's not in my cart. I'm just not really thinking that hard. But anyway, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things like people can be very superstitious and you do weird things to get out of it. Um, th- there was also something in Major League about the the chicken, your uh, the, the the all state commercial guy. You know, he's like wanting to sacrifice mm. a live chicken and so forth. Yeah. And you know, Joe Boo and his rum. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, enough about superstitions. But I think that's the whole point. But it's a really, it's really kind of not episode. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's just not that fun of an episode. To I make. think it would have been interesting if like the boot was actually legitimately like force cursed <laughs> or like the credits right. because he continued to carry that one credit. Like that right. would have been an interesting thing. Like for some reason, this is like actual cursed credits or something or whatever. And it was like a real thing. And, and, and like, and gray had to do something like actually do something with all of her artifacts and stuff. Like you could have made this an interesting episode. Yeah. But here's the problem. This is the one piece of Star Wars that cares the least about the Force. So you're not going to get that. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying you could have. Let's. You're ready to move on. Ready to be done? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. All right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is going to be a two-hour episode, by the way. So episode 11, Station to Station. Uh, this was uh, where we 
what was it? What was the? Uh, was it the Titan? We find another ship that's yeah. basically the yeah the Titan. It's yeah. it's a carbon copy of the Colossus. Their fueling station. So, but and the we Titan. Need, what do we need from the Titan? Do you remember the part? Uh, I've got it pulled up. Was it like a I shielding thing? It. Oh, it was a deflector. Transbinary. It's a transbinary deflector. deflector to keep radiation out. Yeah, another another fetch quest. So. Kazaniku and CB23, they board the Titan somehow. We don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, in an attempt to steal this. Now, Tam and Rucklin also are here to pick up some junk for pile ship, I guess. Yeah. We get... Um, plot point. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get Hux. Hux shows up and yeah, Kaz shows him where Hux. to go to the conference room. That's sick. You know what's odd to me in this episode? No. Kaz is a known... Resistance spy, and Niku is also known too. And just the thought, like, (sighs) with how paranoid the First Order is, I know there's no cameras in Star Wars. I understand, but let's just have a thought. If we have this advanced technology and we're worried about security, and we have a list of known conspirators to the Resistance, maybe just maybe use facial recognition on cameras, so if they ever try to infiltrate, as spies tend to do, you can tell right away that they're there, and then you can deal with it. Listen, man, the only facial recognition is on that one base that Mando had to figure out, okay? And that wasn't <laughs> even that good. You just <laughs> had to show super old. Face. Did you see how old school that was? I yeah. mean, that was just some old school crap. Well, okay, let's wrap <sighs> this episode up, because I, do, I think we have bigger things to talk about. Um, they get the part... Tam kind of helps them escape unbeknownst to them. And, you know, Tyranny and Pyre are like, oh, we're going to use her to get back at it, and yada, yada, yada. Let's go on yeah. to the next episode. Episode 12, The Missing Agent. Secret agent, man. <laughs> uh, the operative's name, Norath Kev, who we do meet later on after this episode. Oh, did I spoil it? He didn't die? Uh <laughs> Uh, let's see. We've got a bounty hunter, Axe Targren, Tagren, Tagren. Bounty I think he uses Axe body spray. I would hope so. He's got an I Axe. I bet he does. Yeah. I don't know. He's I wasn't really. Kinda, axe is kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I wasn't really all that cool. interested in this episode, too. How indestructible yeah. is this guy? Uh, <laughs> the but, fights at the end. With Sonara and Yeager just beating the crap out of him. It was so yeah. weird. It's well, like, you should not do fight scenes anymore. I'm glad there aren't many because, oh, that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, Axe is just trying to lure in uh, resistance fighters so he can mm-hmm. get Make bounties money. from the First Order. That's all. Yeah. Um, they are able to rescue the operative. People are hurt. You know... Axe technically should have been melted by the exhaust plasma coming off the ship, but he didn't. He yeah. just got knocked out. We done? Yeah. Are we done? I feel like we're done. All right. So, 13. breakout, episode 13. <laughs> what was breakout? Actually, wasn't was this just a continuation, well, this is, wasn't it? This is where Axe delivers Yeagers and Sonara and CB. Was that a two-parter? Uh, two, yes. Oh, my God, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. It's only been a few days. See how memorable this is. So technically, all that I just I said was actually... morning. 
all of <laughs> this. Still kind of iffy. <laughs> yeah, like the end part of what I said is actually the end part to this. That's right. Gosh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot, yeah. which is odd. But yeah, like Sonara and Yeager are and CB are uh, interrogated by tyranny. Do a little shock therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is also where like Kaz and and Norath like steal some. First order trooper armor, and yeah. they they do some yuck yucks, some buddy comedy stuff, and get yelled at by some guy that throws things in a really terrible fashion. And, and they just oh, you know stun pyre. Yeah. Okay. Let me let me let me let's just back up here and I listen. Kids show get it. But if you that Kill was Cat, well, if that Kill was Cassian pyre. Andor, he would have been dead. I mean, he killed a guy because he yeah. had a bum arm. All yeah. right, <laughs> he he just he just murdered a guy Re- because he had resistant, a bum arm. Resistance wasn't all that nice, <laughs> and neither I mean, were the te- rebels. I technically, mean, that was the rebels, and this is well. No, I'm just saying. I'm, yeah, like you're spies, you kill people. I mean, this is let's do a little bit more James Bond, and a little less. I can't even think of a cartoon spy. Yeah, thing to. Uh, well, it's just uh, dumb, dumb. The the point is, is that you had the ability to you eliminate. kill a lot. You kill a lot of stormtroopers in this show. You crush Disney. four of them. Yeah. You can kill Pyre on screen, which we don't even get that. <laughs> they just yeah, that whole thing seemed weird. You, you literally had the opportunity, and granted, he would have been replaced, but still, you had the opportunity to wipe out one of your biggest adversaries. Yeah. And you didn't. It seems strange to me. But, you know, I guess Cass just isn't really ready for that. And then they escape. We done? Yeah. Mutiny. Uh, the Mutiny. Episode 14. Um, yeah. yeah, actually, this is where I started. Uh, no, I watched that. I think I watched this one and the last one. So I watched like three, four episodes this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the blue... Kragen's like, hey, I'm going to take over the ship with old battle droids in a B-1 unit. Yeah, and didn't it seem like this, I mean, like the, the Manta Ray, the whole point of that was, I'm just going to win the people's affection and then take over 10 episodes from now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think that the point was, because like Sonara had even talked with with Doza about this, it's like, you can't just hem them down, like let them go. But it's like, well, no, they're pirates. They're going to go out and do pirate things. Right. And my, my thing is, is that, I mean, pirates are going to pirate, but if they're, if they're a big deal, just leave, let them leave. Yeah. And it would have solved the entire episode, but instead, apparently Cragen and his folks just can't leave. Is I that, mean, they have ships just and leave. They have an entire galaxy to go do whatever they want. Why are they so obsessed with the Colossus? I don't understand it. I mean, granted, it's a big thing for a pirate to take. I, I kind of get it. But anyway, the but battle it's not droids... not in good shape anymore. No, well, <laughs> not really. But the battle droids are also in not good shape. So Niku, secret agent Niku, is sent in to, in quotations, repair them. But we have a B-1 uh, battle droid. Mr. Bones. <laughs> that would have been sick. And and you know, the first thing that I thought of when I saw the B1 unit, oh, they just threw it in for free. It's like, no, that's probably their commanding droid. Right. 
which winds up being the whole plot device for the episode because Niku programs this B1 to be the commander of this unit of of battle droids. And And Niku ends up being his commander. Right, yeah, Commander Niku, right. So from that standpoint, I was like, I kind of saw it coming a mile away, like what was happening, because obviously Doza set all this up. He knew there was something going on. He sends in Niku, secret agent Niku, doesn't tell Kaz. Because literally, I mean, with the way this is set up, had that not been what was going to happen, they would have had no chance whatsoever. Yeah, for sure. So obviously it was going to happen. So the secret agent Niku does his job. He tells Cass that all he did was act like him and be stupid about it, which is like a fun dig yeah. at Kaz. Um, many, many times. Yeah. Very repetitive guy. Yep. And Sonara uh, actually talks Doza into uh, letting the pirates go, taking their weapons and letting them go because they're going to be nothing but trouble. And Sonara stays. So pretty cool. Yeah. 15, The New World. Azo's Prime. A whole new world. Mm-hmm. Yes, a whole new world where we can set our giant saber in the sky down and not worry about any of anything else. But there are people. Aos Prime, which could have been so much more interesting than it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was kind of cool. It was kind of cool, though. Krakovora? Krakovora? Yeah. Krakovora? The, the people, the fish people, the creatures from the Black Lagoon? The Aeosian <sighs> Warriors. <laughs> yeah. So... They had already been attacked by the First Order. They ca- Actually, okay, This there was an interesting part in here because we actually got backstory from Griff and why Griff is even yeah. there. That was my yeah. only the only part of the episode that I really cared for. And Griff, I don't think we knew until this point that Doza was actually his commanding officer. We didn't. Which and is that was the cool, cool part. Yeah, so Doza was the commanding officer, and he kind of offered Griff a chance to get out. Yeah. And that just kind of goes back to Doza. The Doza family is probably the most interesting lot in this show. Yep. And now I want to know how Doza escaped. The yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Now, I, when I when I got through thinking this, I immediately thought of of Quell, Erica Quell. Yeah, the because I water. believe I believe with how they set this up, it probably would have been around the time of Operation Cinder that he leaves. I think. Yeah, we have to assume. We have to assume her at some point. But let me also put put you in mind of this because really, Erica Quell. The story of Erica Quell is really the story of Tam. But yeah. I I yeah. did think that the that the parallel with Griff was interesting because he clearly didn't care about the Empire, but I think he liked being a pilot. I think he liked right. flying. Yeah, and I think I wonder. Tam made a specific choice. But Griff, you almost kind of wonder if he would have been another Erica, if he wouldn't right. have been given the the chance by his commanding officer to leave. Yeah, because I mean, there is a bit of a difference between them. I think that Griff is a little bit more into fighting, whereas Tam just wants to be a pilot. She actually, yeah, you learn a little bit later on. She goes to the Colossus to be a racer. She's not interested in joining any military group and fighting. She True. just wants to be a pilot. True. It's kind of like a Luke thing. It's like, I just want to fly, and I guess I'm going to just destroy this massive thing in the process. Well, Tam just ends up, you know, 
killing people with a tie in the process. Right. So. Yeah, um, I'm with you. But I, I did like the little bit of insight in Griff because yeah. I think we both questioned that in the first season. It's like, well, that's an ex-Imperial. Yeah. What's he doing here? How did he get here? Which uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, the more I get into the First Order and everything that's new, it's the more I like the um, the more I end up liking the Empire and the Remnant era. I just kind of go back to it more and more, and it's just so much more interesting to me. Well, we talked about this last last week a bit, and I, I want to say that the reason that is is not because the Empire is so much more better than the First Order, but it's because the Empire was relatable. We were they told were. stories of, of average people... And and I brought up um, uh, your Linda Price, the governor of Lothal. Um, mm-hmm. She was a normal person. She was an yeah. average everyday person who found strength, her own personal strength in the empire, and stayed loyal until her her death. Was it a good decision? No, but for her and her trajectory, they wrote her story really well. Yeah. The problem with mean, the First Order is is that they're entirely unrelatable. They're just evil no, SOBs. They're, they're Nazis. Yeah. You know what you're getting into by joining them. Whereas with the Empire, a lot of people just joined for a chance to have a more structured life, a chance to get out of, you know, terrible areas of the galaxy where it's yeah. just nothing but raiders and you've probably had family members die from these raids and the Empire saves you in the process. I mean it's it's just like Mando becoming who he is because he was saved by Mandalorians. Yeah, for sure. The Empire did actually save quite a few people from terrible lives, and the First Order doesn't. They don't do anything that's relatable whatsoever. Yeah, the, the only thing that I do want to bring up here, and I, th- I guess now is as good a time as any, um, the lieutenant in the Thai you know, sort of division that Tam is in does show in my opinion, a bit more patience than I feel like a first order officer would because Tam, yeah. Tam constantly has these sort of crisis of conscience and even, even tyranny, which we get a little bit of a soft point with her. Like I see a lot of myself in you and that's why I brought you here. I kind of feel like that's sort of dumbed down for the age group for the show. Not so yeah. much what would have been realistic because honestly with, with, I think Tam would have had to have been a lot more tactful than she was mm-hmm. in order to have actually have survived as long as she did in the show. Could be yeah, wrong, she probably but would I kind of feel like that's the case. I mean, she could have already had faced court-martialing many times over with all of... Well, I mean, well not court-martialing with the First Order. Execution? Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, if, if this was just talking about any other military, yeah, you question your superiors that much, you're probably not going to last very long, and you're definitely not going to get promoted constantly. Well, and, and even at the very least, she would have had to have gone for some sort of reconditioning, you know, like they were yeah. going to do to fit. Yeah, mind swipe. Yeah. Mind swipe. Mind wipe. Yeah. You know. I'm just, you know, anyway, let, let, let's move on a, a little bit here. Uh, where one, were we one, at? One question, though, we before we do move on. Mm-hmm. I know, we're just going to make a two-hour episode again. It's fine. Just, just kind of that parallel again. If we actually extend this out where you're... I hope we don't, but 10, 20, 30 years past the time of the First Order, do you think that you would actually care about anyone who survived from the First Order? 
just from the relatability thing. It's like, are you going to feel anything for those characters if they do that? You know, they, they, they made a human out of Cardinal. We were talking about Archex earlier today. Yeah. They made a human out of him and Finn. Mm-hmm. I and, and then obviously, um, oh, what was the... Uh, the, the character when when we found the Death Star, um, the little group of X, uh, store or uh, First Order troopers. I can't remember her name. Um, but anyway, yeah. I think I think yeah. that there are a lot of people that you pull out of it. Yeah, but you you're not gonna like think about Phasma. You're not really going to think about no. Pyle. You're not, you know, aside from the fact that, you know, if you utter that name in my house, I'll disown you. But, <laughs> you know, you talk about like, um, I don't know. I mean, who who would be, uh, th- think of an Imperial that we've met along the way. Um, um, do we talk after, about? Aftermath. I'm, well, um, I'm just saying, do we talk about them? either i mean they're the losing side they were the bad guys but you you're always going to have reformers like you're always going to have people who reform yeah but like the one that ends up with nora in aftermath what's his name what what i'm saying is there are people from the empire who end up being really good people in these stories like they end up being actually good people on the inside. Oh, you're talking about Wrath Velas. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you have reformers who, who yeah. end up end up being actually really good people at some point. Sure, Sinjir. Sinjir, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm see. It's weird. This name. It, it if yeah, I remember a name, I it means I cared about it. Right. Which is yeah. Anyway, so sorry, Nora. I would have. I did care about you. I forgot <laughs> your name though. Um, Just like other characters, more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I take your point. I mean, I, I definitely get it, but I mean, we still even talk about Tarkin. Tarkin yeah. was a bad Tarkin guy. was evil, but we loved him anyway. But still, I, I would much rather curb stomp anyone in the first order. Yeah. Like for some reason there there's something there there's a mystique with Tarkin that there just isn't. These are just mindless. You don't get that with Hawks. They're just mindless killers hopped up on stem packs. You know what I mean? I mean, you always just kind of go back to Hux's speech on Starkiller Base. You're not going to get that with Tarkin. I want to stop talking. He's not going to be that ridiculous. I want to stop talking about Nazis right now and continue this because that that just sort of brings me down. Uh, let's go on here. Uh, so new world, they're not able to stay there. The fish people live, the creatures from the blue lagoon or whatever, yeah. they're allowed to stay there, which is a really, I don't know if you thought about this. Or I was like, well, they're totally dead. Like the first order is going to come back and murder them all. I mean, yeah. what, take them with you. What, what are it's you It's funny. Thinking? Cause like at the end they're like, okay, we can't help them anymore. We just, we can't. Okay. Let's go back. Well, let's go back and wait for death. <laughs> you might as well just go out guns a blazing at this point. You've already painted a massive target on your back. Uh, yeah, I didn't really get that. Let's go yeah. to the no safe space. Our uh, episode sixteen. Uh, well, actually, 
See, I'm getting ahead of myself too. I forget these two parters. I'm just explaining entire. We just kind arcs. of explain the whole thing. Which, well, yeah, I we mean, we basically explain no safe place because this is kind of where we get our our fight and then our eventual um, leaving. We leave. Yeah. Uh, but we do have, you know, I, I will say this: we are gonna be like so pilot centric, like you know, we we did first. Uh, season a few weeks ago we're doing this next week we're going to talk about alphabet squadron pilots 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 um we do i actually think the space battles in the next like this episode in the next three episodes were actually kind of cool especially the dozes well yeah i mean the dozes that was sick but their maneuvers are awesome i love it yeah well we again get another sort of Tam moment where she has the she has the ability to take some of her friends out. She she kind of has she's still hesitating here. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, we kind of get to. This realization with Kaz and Yeager, it's like, I feel like she probably would have killed me. Yeah. Yeah, she abandoned you, and we kind of have to abandon her now. Now, the only the only thing that I really did like about the end of this episode, though, was the forced perspective of, of two different perspectives. So you have potentially people that you that you care about in a way. It was that this episode where this happens that the lieutenant dies, or is it the next one? Well, at the end of No Safe Place. No, um, excuse me, it's not this one. He, I need to shut it, up. She just becomes a second in command. So. Yeah. Okay. Let. Yeah. Then let's hop through this because that that my my aha moment was not in this episode. But yeah, Tam. This is the one where Tam she um, stops Kaz's missile from taking out the bridge. Yeah. Of the dreadnought. And she's, yeah, she's promoted to second in command. So, woo, on. Because I want to talk about these last three episodes. They're really the saving grace of the season. Rebuilding the the resistance. (laughs) Well, I mean, there was some good stuff in the first season towards Mm. the end, but rebuilding the resistance, episode 17. So we have... Commander Doza, Captain Doza, Captain, Commander, Lieutenant, Private. Um, we have kind of a rescue mission. We're going back to an old world of Dantooine. Never heard what? of it before. Have you? How has Dantooine not been destroyed? Like, why is it still there? I we don't always know. wind up talking. Oh, no, they're on Dantooine. Dantooine's far too small for an effective. <laughs> uh, God, Dantooine, you, luckiest planet in the world. It is under special control. You just imagine the the natives of Dantooine like, no, stop talking about what, <laughs> yeah, leave who us even alone. lives on Dantooine. I have no idea. Probably <laughs> is no it inhabited? <laughs> I, I think that was the point because that was that was uh, it. Probably Leia. wasn't because Leia chose it to be yeah. destroyed by yeah. the Death Star. So, so it probably I, I is uninhabited. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. it's uninhabited. I hope there's not like a billion people on the planet. Right. So Vanessa is going on a mission to rescue some recruits that are trapped on Dantooine. Um, yeah, we have our, our pilots going off. Uh, we, well, we re-meet, uh, what was his name, uh, Narth? 
that we saved earlier in the season. And then mm-hmm. a new pilot, which... Who is not a new pilot, technically, if you remember. Just kind of cool. His, what was his name? Kaz's uh, friend yeah. from the Academy. Do we even get his name? I don't... Like, is it written uh, here anywhere? It's not written here, uh, but... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh... I can't remember the guy's no. name. I'm no. sorry, dude. My bad. <laughs> but anyway, we see him in the first episode of the series. Yeah, um, it, yeah. Basically, yeah. Oh, he okay, went through pilot Hugh. school. Oh, Hugh. is it Hugh? Okay. Yeah, Hugh uh, Scion. So he's like the car. Okay. <laughs> he's like a Scion. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, that this was one of the pilots in Kaz's original squadron when you know he was battling the the red the red tie. I did kind of wonder Baron. for just a split. Ugh. I did kind of wonder for a split second. It's like, whatever happened to them? I wonder. Yeah. Here he is. <laughs> there yeah. he is, man. Only him, not the other one. The other and one's also, dead. Squadron's name, Jade Squadron. Yeah. So kind of cool there. Uh, but this is kind of the last of, of uh, Commander Doze's squadron here. And uh, she makes a deal with her husband to bring back these recruits to the Colossus. To house them temporarily, we'll get them out of there. We just need a safe space for a little bit, and we make it to Dantooine with our with our ships. It, you know, it's, it's cool uh, to see Tor out there flying with her mom, who taught yeah. her how to fly. Uh, you know, Kaz obviously has to be there because he's he's Kaz. And, oh, and, and by hype, the way, th- hype also comes too, so they get to yeah. share some embarrassing stories from the academy. Apparently, Kaz almost failed out a few times, so good for Kaz. <laughs> and also, we get to hear how the Red Baron almost destroyed him, and Poe had to save his butt. <laughs> no, 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 that totally didn't happen. Rewrite history, or e- much. Kaz. Even though Kaz totally destroyed the Baron in the end, anyway, in a sweet yeah. maneuver. So true, true. But we do. This is actually one of my favorite moments with Kaz. Period. When they go up against all the Tie Fighters. Because he's actually just really competent as a pilot, and he saves yeah. hype, and yeah. even hypes like, "Oh yeah, you're cool, you're cool. I'm not gonna make fun of you anymore because you're an equal." Well, one of, one of the weird things that I find is hype taking control of the aces in the early stages of things, and it's not yeah. it's it's happened before too, and then Kaz kind of takes over eventually. Um, but I always, from the beginning, I actually viewed Freya as the leader for some reason. Like Seemed I, like it, I yeah. thought she was the leader of the aces, but now it's more hype. But then, I, like, it was eager for a very short amount of time, but yeah. it'd be kind of cool if he actually flew. Why can't we get eager flying more? Well, it is what it is, but I think he still has a little PTSD from his whole thing. But Probably. Would, would it be helpful? Yeah, it would be helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be helpful. So anyway, you're right. And we start to, this is where I start to have kind of like a cool moment. Because during our battle, and make no mistake, we have a battle. There will be a firefight. <laughs> because the First Order always knows what's going on. Uh, we do get some early destruction of a couple ties that were just patrolling the planet. We have three uh, transport ships. Don't know how many people are in them, but there's three transport ships. And our lieutenant's division, uh, that obviously includes Tam and Rucklin, mm-hmm. go out to 
you know, figure out what's going on. What I found interesting is that we see things from both perspectives. We see the lieutenant being extinguished. And and yeah. again, we hearken back to certain things like like Pyre not being shot, just only right. stunned. But then we see a very blatant like death, on-screen death of the lieutenant. Yeah. Who we know I mean, we know what she looks like. We've heard her with Tam. I know yeah. she's a bad person, but we just really don't see many of those close-up deaths. And I found it to be a, a weird contrast for the series. But yeah, good. I mean, it, because it, it was. It, I mean, there's gravity at that point to the well, situation, right? It, it makes Everyone you it makes nameless. you see the perspective from like, okay, so she was killed. How does that affect Tam? Because she's been with these people. Well, right. they destroy one of the transports oh my god how does that look from kaz's perspective so right i like the perspective bouncing in this particular thing along with the space battle being pretty cool um commander doza doing work i mean she's just working up there um and then yeah as as you alluded to uh wingman you know kaz being hypes wingman but really taking command and sort of like the training kicking he's, in, the maturity I mean, kicking he's, in a bit. He's literally he's taking care of any tie coming after him when hype can't, and then he's yeah. taking care of hype. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. And getting to see Tora and uh, Mrs. Doza do a sweet maneuver. I forget what the, she the, called the it. The Doza dive. Yeah, the Doza dive. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that, that was pretty well done. Um, mm-hmm. So they do escape with two, uh, two ships, and I and I have to say another thing. The ending of this probably was one of the most poignant messages that I wish could be made more often, and that's the mm-hmm. fact that you can't save everyone. Right, and you have to be okay with that. You 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 can yeah. mourn, you can be upset, but at the end of the day, you have to know that you did everything you could do. And you can't blame yourself, and the what-if stuff is just not plausible for the long run. You'll wind up burning out. Right, because eventually you'll just cripple yourself and not be able to help anyone anymore. So it's yep. not constructive, unfortunately. It's human, but it's not good. Yep. So anyway, I like that. I like the end yeah. of the episode. I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. I like the episode in its entirety. It's probably... It I would say at least top three for sure. It was definitely good. So let's move on to the escape part one and two is two part episode. And this is uh, really actually could be more aptly titled the redemption. Yeah. I think redemption actually makes more sense to me. <laughs> Cause I wouldn't escape. call what happened an escape. <laughs> Not really. They've been escaping all season. Yeah. This is literally the first time they don't use hyperspace. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, the first order, and we're talking like twenty ships, show up to yeah. AOS Prime and just destroy the settlement. Yeah, Tam is starting to see what the first order really is, and she finally makes her decision. She decides to try and escape. Uses a mouse droid, which was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, little, <laughs> this is my mouse droid. droid. He'll do anything I want. He's my little butt. Left it behind though. Poor mouse droid. Yeah. That, okay. Think about droids for a second though. K two S O. 
K2SO was reprogrammed. He was an Imperial droid. The Viper droid from Alphabet Squadron reprogrammed. You can remember right? K2SO, but you can't remember Nora Wicks. <laughs> Sorry. I just remember certain things. <laughs> Selective memory. But, but my point is, they were reprogrammed. How do you think that they would have functioned if they were left behind and had to like, acclimate? This is a mouse droid whose like, yeah. sole purpose is basically like system upgrades and whatever. It is now conscious that, it, it, well, it's been reprogrammed it's <laughs> to effectively like do what Tam wanted. And like, right. it's like, right. it has it has a bit of a consciousness too because when they were trapped in, um, in, uh, in that office there, in Tyranny's office, it was like panicking. Oh, what do I do? I don't know. Just hide. You know, yeah. and now it was just like, well, I mean, not to get too spoilery, even though this <laughs> is all spoilers, that ship is done. So yeah. it's probably dead, unfortunately. Take it with you. Right. What's you're it going to hurt? You're you just could probably time. use it on the Colossus. <laughs> yeah, why not? Well, the, the whole thing is, is like her, part of her plan is she sends a transmission via the old comm link that she had to have she them. she had to steal from the office. Correct, and that's that's where the mouse droid comes in, and to meet back at their old planet. Oh, is it Castilian? I think was what it was yeah. called. And to to meet where Bebo is. <laughs> Stupid Bebo. Did you have to think for a second who Bebo I was? I remembered. I remember who Bebo was. I am so sorry for you then. <laughs> so they return to the planet, but but Tam's whole cover is a training mission. So she's got Rucklin in the ship with her and which is dumb. Yeah, and two other ties that she takes Snow down. Speeder style. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. She takes Beats them both the down. Crap out of Rucklin, knocks him out. Yep. Get a little elbow just, to the face. Just flat up murders him. It's the yeah. thing like like main characters we protect, but like the no names, the helmeted ones, man, Red we shirts. just Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's made a choice. She understands how evil they are. Mm-hmm. Blurred lines. Um, I'm not, not the never, song. Yeah, not I the was, song. I was gonna make a twerking <laughs> joke, but I'm done. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad we were both on the same page. So anyway, the escape doesn't really go to plan. First order does yeah. catch up. Why they does it out. the escape not go to plan though? Let's talk about that just for a split second. Well, because I we're mean, stupid enough to fly right towards the superstar destroyer instead of away, and oh, we get stuck in the tractor beam. Well, but there's more to that that they're even there. She didn't replace the comm link, so there's instant suspicion. Yeah. There was suspicion on the mission anyway because she changed up normal protocol and mm-hmm. then jumped to somewhere where they weren't supposed to train yeah. i guess so there was already suspicion but yeah they they're trying to yeah the, the, the whole spatial awareness stuff is always a problem with space anything because it's like yeah. well this asteroid field go uh, go above it go yeah. below it go yeah. around it why do you that's always an asteroid field time. thing like figure something else out no we can only go in one straight line all Why? right, flat earthers, chill. Why? <laughs> but yeah, it's the same thing. Why wouldn't you go the other direction? Well, that could catch us, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure somebody could think of a rationale. But they are caught in a tractor beam. 
They are brought aboard the ship. They set the shuttle to self-destruct, which disorients a few people. Should have killed everyone in there. As we know from Mythbusters, blasts kill you. It's part one. They can't do that in part one. (laughs) I I, I actually do get a little tired of the explosion stuff. Um, And I'm not going to like say, oh yeah, Mythbusters, Mythbusters. Well, they did. They tested it. And the explosion, a lot of times is what... Well, the, the explosion is, the, the shock wave is usually what, what kills people. Mm-hmm. It's not even always the shrapnel or the heat or whatever, if it has that or, you know, fire or whatever it has that. But the thing is, is that stormtrooper armor doesn't protect you from anything unless you're on Batu because it did in Black Spire. <laughs> Delilah wanted that, that armor to matter. Yeah. But it doesn't protect these guys really from anything Pyre should be dead. Like, how many times has he took a blast? Even tyranny. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying you have to be realistic in everything. I'm just saying be a little bit more realistic. Get them farther away from the blast. Don't send them sprawled out flying. It's like, oh, my arms and legs are all broken. I mean, come on. Come on. Yeah. Shoot a few more stems. I can't give him no more. He's full. So, anyway, we're still on the escape. Rucklin turns out to be a complete turd. He 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 Already doesn't get that, it though. And you know what? He's also dead. Yeah. Totally. Hundred <laughs> percent. Maybe we didn't see that ship explode though, did we? Did we mm. see it explode? <sighs> Stuff isn't. I don't think we saw the ship explode. Let's let's mm. let's di- let's keep diving. So. Oh, and Rucklin gets punches punched again by Tam. <laughs> that was funny. That was what awesome. Did, I love the fact that the First Order has they they just don't care. It's like, yeah, you're you're gonna be executed too. Yeah, for you, sure. You're clearly. A it's defector. easier. Well, it's easier. Yeah. Than than like trying to dive because honestly, what's his use? He was already proved to be a, an inferior pilot in his like one of his first training missions when he was almost right. taken out. So. And yet he, that, he's not that just useful. brings to mind, why is he so loyal when he literally gets told, yeah, that, that guy should have died. You shouldn't he's, have saved him. He's not die. a good person. He's, he, he, yeah. he, it all dives back, and not to get too like, sappy or whatever, there are people that just have a place in their soul that's just bare. They need mm-hmm. something to fill it, and he has that. And we saw that in his very first appearance. He's constantly trying to get something. To make right. him appear better or to make him appear the best at something. And he's just not. He doesn't put the work into anything to actually make the gains worthwhile. He's just a trash right. character, you yeah. know, with his white hair. Yeah, I mean, the only good thing that happens with him is he probably dies. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember if the ship actually exploded, but continuing on... Uh, CB is doing doing crazy stuff, taking down shields, which how? Oh, coincidentally, here was another one of my callbacks. CB, you have to open the turbo lift. Open the turbo lift now, CB. Now, CB. <laughs> it's a it's a total Luke and R2 trash compactor situation. Yeah, I know. So I, I thought that way, and it was instant. It was like, oh, yeah. okay, Dave, you're playing now, huh? You're trying to get some Easter Why eggs. Why not? <laughs> so. And by the way, CB is a tank. 
Yeah. He takes so much abuse in this season. Oh my god. Yeah, C- CB CB is pretty sick. I mean, I Yeah. I take him over BB8. Ooh. Just going to leave that hang there for a second. Yeah, it's interesting. I I don't know. Plus, I, I, mean, I think C- probably the funniest thing in this entire season was when he was interrogating that one dude that sells mm. him out to the pirates and he's just mm. scratching that table back and forth. <laughs> well, in, in uh, we didn't really talk about it, but when uh, Yeager and Sonar were being tortured, CB was also being tortured, and mm-hmm. the way it escaped was pretty sick. Does a lot of swinging yeah. like George of the Jungle <laughs> and took out Tyranny, you know, yeah. bonked her on the head. So yeah, and electrocutes a uh, stormtrooper too. All true. Yeah, yeah. Uses yeah. yeah uses the electricity to its advantage. He loves those little cables, man. BB does yeah. not use those cables. Well, I mean, that'd be kind of hard in uh, live in action. the movie. Yeah, it'd be kind of awkward. Little harm. No, CB CB is pretty good. I, I I like I like that droid. Um. So continuing on here, shields are down. They start to do damage to the uh, to the destroyer, and you know Kaz Ruck, uh, not Rucklin, he's probably dead. <laughs> no, uh, Kaz Tam and uh, Yeager are able to escape uh, along with CB. And kind of the last thing we see from from the ship is oh no, it does explode. So yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Dead. Oh, but by the way, Tyranny gets force choked by. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was just wondering Kylo. about that too. It's like, what do you think happened first? This is kind of morbid, but do you think she died from being force choked, or do you think that Kylo's just watching the feed and then he sees the explosion? It's like, oh, did, did I do that? <laughs> I guess I didn't have to kill her. <laughs> did, is she dead? You know, I mean, it's 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 a it's a Disney presumably. I mean, it'd be pretty hard not to be. She was on the command deck, and it it blew up. Did you think something was going to happen with that crack, by the way? Because they shoot one of the viewports, and it cracks. And then nothing ever happens. I almost thought we were going to have a vacuum of space type deal, which would have been kind of an epic Eh. way to kill her. Oh, hold on one quick second here. Oh, well, isn't that an interesting? Okay, so what? you remember Ruckland's mechanic? Yeah, she was there too. Apparently, she was also a Tie pilot, Lynn Gava. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't recognize oh, her. Wow. But yeah, she uh, she went with Sh- them. She's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Oh. Wow. I don't remember a whole lot about her, but I don't remember hating her. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I well, it, it was just in the in the synopsis here. Um it says so tyranny is force choked to her to her death, so I guess she is dead, okay. at least according to this. By a displeased Wren and started story explodes, killing pi- killing Piler Rucklin, presumably Lynn Grava, and I was like, "Who is Lynn Grava?" Or Lynn, mm-hmm. yeah, Lynn Grava. Who who is that? Oh, the mechanic. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That sucks, and everyone else on board. I don't know. That kind of hits me weird. Hmm. That's a weird one, isn't it? Kind of 
odd even if it's the bad guys when an entire ship explodes. I don't know about you, but like you see like the rebels or the resistance celebrating. It's like, yeah, but there's a lot of people who weren't all 100% evil just snuffed out. And well, I mean, it's not uh, again, really something to be celebrated. The, the difference between the Empire and the First Order is that the First Order assimilates, whereas the as the uh, Empire was more, you join, you join right. the Empire, or you just yeah. live under the Empire. Yeah, but you have a choice, sort of, kind yes. of, kind <laughs> of. But, but you, you do. have a choice how good your life is under our rule. Yeah, and, and and I mean, you can make positive change. I think. I mean, and I, again, I, I'm I'm not trying to be an empire sympathizer, but there, it wasn't, it wasn't all bad because Palpatine couldn't be everywhere at once. So there were right. some, some uh, Imperials well, that weren't. You get you get that humanity bleed because ultimately it's up to whoever's at that location to decide what happens to you. Yeah. So if you get a battalion of decent people who are stormtroopers, maybe you're not going to have the worst experience ever. Yeah, but the, again, First Order is just terrible Nazis. Yeah. So anyway, just to wrap up the series, we have, uh, you know, Tam being welcome back, Aunt Z's, you know, everybody's having a big, <laughs> yeah, moment. Yeah. And they all hug and kiss and eat jello. I don't know what people do. What do people do at bars? It's been so know. long. Isn't it kind of odd, though, that, like, and we talked about this, this episode specifically, Tora just kind of gets thrown into the, on the back burner, and then, like, even uh, at the end, yeah. the little re, the little reunion, it's like, you have Kaz, Niku, Yeager, and... Well, Same thing with Sonara, though. Yeah. Sonara got thrown in the background, too. And we yeah. both said from season one, it's Is like... Is she even in... The last two episodes? Yeah, I think, yeah. Like she's, to any... She was, she was at the bar when they were deciding on if they would fight the Empire, and yeah, she was there. Yeah. But like, Tora doesn't even really interact with any of them. Just her parents. It's just kind of yeah. odd, like that little barrier there. And with Sonara, too. I mean, like, Sonara's a pretty cool character, for the most yeah. part. And, I mean, let's be honest, if this wasn't a kid's show, her and old Kaz probably would have ended up together. So for her to just get thrown in the back like that. Let's actually, I want to, I want to, I want to discuss one thing because it's a very Disney thing. So the dozes, when they mm-hmm. find, when, when captain Doza basically finally says, I'm going to fight. It's like, I'm glad to see you back. I was like, are, are you going to kiss her? And then, <laughs> and then they don't, but, as they pan back, they do hold hands, which like Disney is pretty much the equivalent of like, you know, second base, third base. Yeah, more like sliding home for most of all <laughs> intents and purposes. But yeah. I'm just saying, it's like you know, I, I actually was like, yeah, they're back, they're back, and they're holding hands, and they should have just had a little kiss, you know. Or so it's like, are right. you gonna kiss her? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> but no, I thought that was sweet. But yeah, I mean, in, in I'm okay with not forcing relationships. I'm I'm oh, yeah. completely I am, I am I'm too. completely okay. But there's like these little moments throughout the series that like both with Sonara and with Tor, it's like, ah, uh, was there I, something I, there or no? I think 
Or is it just the fact that he's that awkward as a person? It, it, that he I don't think puts there was that any, vibe. Yeah, I don't think that there was anything between him and Sonara, but I definitely think that you can infer a lot between him and Tora. There's, yeah, because they were very close. Yeah, I mean, but but they're kids. I mean, they're like they're right. kids. So there's right. like that. They're just gonna go hold hands, right? But no, 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 no. That's what married people do <laughs> in Disney <laughs> so World. I don't know what the equivalency. I think the equivalency that is the equivalency in Disneyland of like holding hands, where they just like you know just talk to each other nice or something like that. Right. Well, I mean, like even with like Force Collector, which we just went over. The main characters in that the interactions are just super awkward, even when they actually acknowledge. Well, they really were kids, and that made yeah, a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that. I really enjoyed going through that book, by the they way. They were 17 and 18. Were I they think. that old? Yeah. Yeah, they were about to graduate. Yeah, they seemed a lot younger than that. I, I, th- I, I think figured they, they were more like ages. 15, 16 type of deal. I think they were 17 and 18. How okay. old do you think Kaz is? Do we have that information? Um... I he mean, went to I'll, Pilots I'll, Academy, so he should be like d- in his 20s. Well, listen, I'll tell you, if I have to look at some stupid calculator <laughs> to figure this out, I won't be all that happy. But I will try and do a real quick you know, search here and see if I can find an age. But I, I, I always thought he was like in his 20s, maybe. And then like you have Tor, it's like, is she like 14? Because she's like confined to her room most of the time, like she's grounded or yeah. something. See, this, this is what... Yeah. Planner games. This is what irritates me. So, born 14 ABY. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how old he is. When? Well, I guess the easiest thing to do would be to look up when does The Last Jedi take place in the timeline. Dude, we give you a rough estimate. Just we had this. Research. We had the same problem with the grandmother <laughs> no, the and last Force time, Collector. The problem last time is you had to switch eras. No, that you wasn't. Don't have the, to switch. That wasn't. The, that was the case with the with the the great grandpa, but not with the grandma. Oh, that's right. The that's grandma. Right. I was like, well, that would make her like forty something years old, and she was ancient. Right, it's like, right, no, right. something's not adding up. I don't know what to tell you, dude. All I'm saying is that if anybody has a cool calculator that I can just not think about. Because I'm just, because here's the thing, born 14 ABY. No, this actually makes sense for him. So it looks like this would have been around 34 ABY, which would make him, by all normal mathematic reason, 20. If we're basing it on a normal cycle. But like I said, that would have only made the grandma <laughs> like 50, and that just doesn't fly. But, right. but anyway, 20, that makes sense for me. I could yeah. see them being yeah. like 20-year-olds. Maybe Torres, maybe a year or two younger. Probably. Or maybe older. I don't know. I don't know how to judge things. Is it weird to you that she's always wearing her flight suit? Because it was well, always weird to me. They all like, always we, do that. I mean, he wears but the it was same more with, But like, it was more with her because like that isn't comfortable. Dude, you, you love anime so much. I mean, how, how long, how long does Goku Star wear that? Wear that this one Star Wars. Wear that one suit just all the time. Just that one, that one orange piece. You know, you know that thing was stinking. <laughs> you know that no, thing smelled you like. You just garbage. have like ten of the exact same. My dude, that thing, that thing was horrible. You realize that's not even an anime thing. That's just literally everything. Like, 
I I bet that thing SpongeBob, just, Fairly Odd Parents, all the stuff we grew up with. It's still, I bet that thing just thing. stuck to his body. He probably couldn't even take it off. It's probably like immobile. <laughs> Didn't even it's move. A bod, it has become a bot. It is an Uglith masculine now. <laughs> it now is fused to my body. All right. How old's Tora? Yeah, so Tora is four years younger. She was born in eight eighteen A B Y. Okay, so that would have been kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, depending on how you view it. I feel like Captain Doe's is pretty protective, so. Yeah. Yeah, so she'd be 16. He'd be mm. 20. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a stretch, but I mean, there again, it depends on your on your viewpoints of age. I mean, right. Like I mean, four, she's, a four, pilot. Four years. she's a pilot killing people. Obviously she's mature. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, my, my whole thing is like, you know, somebody who's 38 and somebody who's 34. I mean, it's not really right. a gap, but yeah. no, I get it. But yeah, I, I thought she was, I, I figured she was younger than Kaz. I have a really weird picture of her in, um, in the Wikipedia. I don't know if I like that. She's got a very pointy nose. <laughs> that is the danger of, uh, Smooth animation to more detailed or 3D animation. I think they got mm-hmm. the nose wrong in that picture, but whatever. What do I care? So anyway, that was kind of the end of our show and the end of our series. Um, any favorite moments we want to talk about after we've just now went over the two-hour mark? Yeah, I knew we'd do it. I'm proud of myself. Um, favorite moments? I would. I would have to say... It was probably episode 17 when we have our big space battle. That's yeah. probably, pro- yeah, I'd say that's my favorite moment. <laughs> um, we have some, I'm trying to think, man, I don't know. I I like our little espionage, espionage mission where Mrs. Doza escapes the First Order. That's a pretty cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. interaction. Um yeah, the, the rendezvous point. I, I think it's got to be, though, uh, Niku's little crush on the engineer girl, though. That's my favorite moment. Yeah, okay. I don't yeah. believe that for a single second. <laughs> no, I mean, re- rebuilding the resistance is probably my favorite episode. I, I enjoyed that a lot, and I enjoyed the, the two-part finale. Mm-hmm. Thought that that was, all, <clears throat> that was all pretty good, and... Um, I guess the other thing is, do you think that this show deserves a third season? Uh, or I guess, instead of saying deserve, do you think it, it could have a third season? Well, I I know what you're saying with that. I, I wouldn't have answered that based on how much I like the show. I just feel like the purpose of the show was to set up for Last Jedi and then Rise of Skywalker. So I don't feel like there's really a point to another season. But you could also extend it out and, you know, kind of expand on what the Resistance is doing now in this time of peace and what have you. Maybe they're still dealing with a remnant version of the First Order. Yeah, there's potential for another season. I think, like, I could see it happening. I feel like two seasons is pretty short compared to, like, Rebels and Clone Wars and whatnot. So I could see another season happening, yeah. I just feel like we're going more into live action. We're not worried about the cartoons as much, so it's hard to say. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that there's still meat on the bone, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, you're probably, if you're not going to, um, if you're not, uh, hold on a second, I just had a brain aneurysm here, because there is a page that says Star Wars Resistance Season 3. It's the third and final season of the animated television series set to premiere October 29th, 2021. Oh. For 16 episodes. Well then. And weirdly enough, no, this can't. No, 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 no. Is it fake? Does it look fake? Well, there's a lot of really weird stuff in here. Um, Hold on. I don't think it. I, I think that some, I think that this is a bad page. I think somebody did this as a joke. I don't think so. Um, but is there still meat on the bone? Yes, I, th- I think it could. Um, I think it could definitely continue on going forward. And it just depends on your timeline. Are you going to deal with Rise and like them showing up for the yeah. final battle at Exegol? Or is it post Exegol and it's now more we gotta, of the cleanup and figuring out how to like rebuild their own. Now we have to go back to Exegol, watch that scene again, see if we see the Colossus, see the Colossus. <laughs> coming into the battle. Oh God. <laughs> right, bes- right beside old Harris ship. Yeah. Why yeah. I, I, yeah. Gosh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I think there's stuff you could do. Do I think it's necessary? Mm-hmm. No. Do I think it'll happen? Uh, well, I would rather see a final, a true final season of Rebels, but hey, what do I know? Just just a dreamer. I'm just a which dreamer trying to extend stuff I love. Which is something we will never say about Resistance, I think. <laughs> Resistance is fine. It, it's, it's okay. It, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. So let's let's uh, let's start to wrap up here. Let's give it a rating. What's your rating out of ten for this season? Well, and hopefully I'm right by saying this because I'm pretty sure I gave season one a six point eight, six point nine, something like that. I'm actually going to go a little bit higher with this season just because of the last three episodes. I actually really enjoyed all three of them quite a bit. Um, it's a slow starting season the first 10 episodes are kind of meh except for our little espionage espionage mission can't say that word and our sith temple uh but overall i did kind of enjoy this more than the first season so i'm gonna give it a 7.3 out of 10 okay um I don't know, man. I mean, it's it's fine. Like it, it's it's a fine, fine show. If it's the wrap up, that's fine. I don't think that there's much more that needs to go on. In all honesty, um, there are certainly a couple characters that I think are cool, uh, but there were also a lot of um, things that I thought were just. I don't care about that pirate mutiny episode. Yeah. (laughs) And again, 
I'm only speaking from my viewpoint. Like, I just feel like you could have done a Sonara episode. Yeah. Or like something else. <laughs> but, Anything else. <laughs> yeah. And the ratings, the ratings on season two are pretty low. Like, IMDb has it at like 4.9, which IMDb can be flamed quite a bit, but. And Rotten Tomatoes isn't necessarily the greatest indicator, but like the critic score was 92 and then the audience Mm. score was 56. So, which is rough. Yeah, it's not good. It's definitely not good at all. I actually hate Rotten Tomatoes as a, as a site. Like I don't even like its interface anymore. (laughs) You know, what would be sick is if you just gave me like a breakdown. IMDB actually does have a pretty good breakdown. Like, how many one stars, two stars, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, I mean, it. I'm, I'm going to keep going back. I mean, the art style is not very pleasing. Um, the characters are okay. Again, there were a couple, but they weren't the main characters that I cared about. I didn't mm-hmm. really care about Kaz. I think he's just sort of generic. Um, yeah, but he has a different haircut. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I just didn't really see the see his until the end, the very end. And it was the end of each season, like when he realizes that his home planet was destroyed. And then when he's doing this, when he's facing off and he realizes that he can't run from war because he has to help. And then he resets at the beginning of the next season and it's a blundering idiot again. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's that's true. So, you know, again, for me, it's fine. It's 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 a it's okay. I'm probably gonna go six eight. I don't remember what I gave the first okay. one. But I think there, you were higher than me the first time. Maybe yeah. But I, I mean, again, there are some episodes that do save it. There are a couple that are pretty good. Um, so are you saying that you like this season less than the first season, or more? Probably less. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think I like the wrap up better in this, but. Probably overall, I like this less okay. than than the first season. The first half was rough. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't give it a pass because it has some really good episodes at the end. I mean, it, you have to. I have to look at it from the entirety of it. and just wasn't entirely yeah. all. It was just fetch quests. Mm-hmm. It was just like I'm back in Skyrim, you know, and some old lady says, hey, can you find my shoes? Sick, I'll go do that. Hey, I have my swords in the Draugr cave. Hey, can you get my old necklace? Yeah, and then they, Skyrim, and then you progress through fetch quests. Well, and then of you, like you accidentally do one shout in town, and those people that you helped still try and murder you. You killed a chicken. <laughs> Chickens are sacred in that, Skyrim. The contingency <laughs> video game podcast. Has returned after. About- oh no! It's a dragon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill this dragon for you. Yeah, you killed a chicken in the process, dude. We are, yeah. We're gonna murder you. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, I anything else we want to go over? Or are we we good to roll? I think I think I we've talked. I think we're death. Good. All right. Yeah. Cool. They're probably all dead. <laughs> right. Literally. Well, don't forget everybody. Uh, again, because I'm all. Well, there's a random dog. <laughs> Sorry, there's just a random dog out my window. Gotta go capture it. Be its friend. Uh, but for all of you who don't have random dogs to go capture and be their friends, please make sure to search us on Facebook. Like our page. 
interact with us. Send us what you thought about season two or the potential for season three or anything else. And if you have any topics, again, Facebook's a good place, but you can also send us a good old fashioned email to tcplanpodcast@gmail.com or find us on Twitter at tcplanpodcast and interact with us there. We're not a huge social media group here, but you know, I'll look at it, I guess, if you send me a little 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 message message, it's fun. Yeah, and for um, those of the, you that do capture that dog, send us a picture of that dog. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So anyway, folks, hopefully you have a good rest of your week. And as always, may the Force be with you.